if you're willing to cut corners and not throw yourself 100% in and really find your own kind of niche and style and and your own voice, then guaranteed there's millions of people who are going to do the same. And then your skill, your skill has no value because it's going to be repeated easily by someone else who's completely untrained either. Stop with the countdown. Uh, it's all about the countdown, dude. Bringing back the podcast, bringing back the classics. It's all about Mackie Poo. <laughs> it's all about the classics, dude. It feels like I we haven't spoken in a while. We haven't spoken, but we talk every day, yeah. relentlessly on chat. <laughs> yeah, but we talking. Do. Yeah, it's. I think it's tough because we're both so involved and invested in what we're doing. And then to cut away time can be quite difficult, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Between yeah. being <laughs> husbands and dads and then all the things that you've been into, there's so many things that I do. You even Do you even share what you're doing with the world? Like what you're into right now? Not really. A little bit? Not really. No, I'm just too busy with... You used to tweet a lot. I tweet every now and then. Every now and then, but... Um... I don't think I've been talking about any of the any, any of the things I'm, I'm doing right now. No. Is it top secret still? Or can you share? I mean, it? none of it is top secret <laughs> since I own it. So <laughs> <laughs> I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to tell everybody. Mache has been doubling down on Beanie Babies. He's been making the next version. <laughs> They're called Mackie Babies. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he's a billionaire now from Mackie Babies. Oh, man. I, I want to be in that timeline that I don't mind doing the fucking Mackie Babies. Too. <laughs> yeah. No, you've been doing a super gnarly mega deep dive into AI. And True. rather than being <coughs> what a lot of the artists are doing, which is turning their head away from it or being afraid of it, you're just putting your head right into it. and You're just going straight, straight towards it. Which is really interesting. I think it makes a lot of sense knowing you for as long as I have. You're you have a real technical mind. You can kind of con you can conceptualize very complicated things, which is very rare and unique for an artist. I feel like, but yeah, you want to talk on that? Sure. AI? Yeah, it's very interesting because it, you know what it reminds me of, like the current um, after having a couple of podcasts about AI, talking with different artists and. And being completely on the side of, you know, how unethical all of it is. <laughs> yeah. Like if you just Very like unethical. take a step back and and look at what's happening. I also just recognize that, you know, that's this is not a time to like put your hand in the sand and and pretend that nothing's happening. I don't I mean, I don't think hmm. artists are doing that in generally speaking. Yeah, some of them are. <laughs> Maybe some of them are. Um, can't blame them. I, I think a lot of artists, and I mean, including myself, like look at the landscape and like, well, it's clear as day that if you're an illustrator, that thing is like really going away. 
Hmm. What do you mean that thing? Like illustration, concept art, all those things, right? I mean, you read the news about companies just not hiring more artists or firing artists or reducing staff uh, because, you know, there's Midjourney, there's Stable Diffusion, all those tools that create, you know, assets much, much quicker. Yeah. Um, And, you know, from a company perspective, look, like you're, you're there to make money, right? So what's the best way to do it? You reduce your staff. <laughs> that's, that's the wow, easiest. Bro. That's yeah, the easiest. Um, well, yeah, because of consumption. It's yeah. Like, you know, when art meet cap- meets capitalism, then AI comes in and then removes the human. But it's not only Always. art, right? Like prog- well, yeah, programming, programming, everything. Like you yeah. look at the tech tech sector in the past two months, it's, it's a bloodbath. Like yeah. not only just, I mean, Re- disregarding AI and gen- generally speaking, it's a bloodbath in terms of like where the markets are and everything. And then compounding on top of it, it's, it's AI. It's yeah, it's getting quite gnarly out there. Um, and you know, quite ironically, like I, again, with the advent of chat GPT and how easy things get, like I totally understand why, like, I mean, I've shown you some stuff that I was doing with ChatGPT. It's like you don't really have to be a programmer anymore to make yeah. tools, right? It's really interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're if you're doing like super complex stuff, you really need to actually understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But on like a surface level, and let's say on like a junior programmer level, like you really don't need to know coding at all. And like tools builders, you know, like. You look at the plugins that are made for Blender, all all those things, right? Or plugins for like different software. Like in order to do them from scratch, you have to know like Python and coding in general. Like now you really don't. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Which, <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of it's like a new level of interface, right? Yeah. Is that what you'd consider it? It's like a new way to interface with things that are complicated. Like yeah. you're just now you're able to. So like you're talking about the, the landscape of jobs and humans having these jobs and them going away. What do you think the future is going to look like? like uh, what do you want it to look like and what do you future. think it's going to look like? Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> well, the only reason I say that is because we do a lot of that with AI because it can go two ways. And those two ways could be, they're totally plausible yeah, and they're very scary. But that, But one of them isn't. One of them's great, but one of them is not. But maybe it's both of them at the same time. It's very interesting because I I just really don't know. Like yeah, of course nobody knows. It's impossible to predict. Like even even the things we discussed in November, like it was November or December last year when we had a podcast, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Even back then, <laughs> it was like almost impossible. Like we were kind of talking about where things could go, and some of those things played out um, already. Some what played them- out? Well, just the jobs, jobs the market, growth. like we were talking yeah. about the concept art being being dead. Yeah. I mean, look, I know there are, there are still films and video games and all that stuff. I still know a lot of friends who are illustrators that are working as artists. But mm-hmm. like even personally, I used to do a, a lot of like concept art and illustration. And, and I could understand like the amount of volume of work that would come my way. Mm-hmm. That's already like. I can I definitely notice a reduction there. So like even just from like a perspective, uh, personal perspective, I can see that that's where where things are going. And then you read the news about, you know, games companies like indie games companies not hiring or firing artists, um, 
you, you hear the news about China, like studios, the outsourcing studios that are basically completely switching to mid-journey and stable diffusion for that kind of work. And, you know, if you, if you're, if you don't have your head in the sand and you look where the things are, like you'll see that the technology has progressed to a point where AI, generally speaking, can do way more and will obviously like vastly, vastly faster than pretty much 80% of artists, right? Mm -hmm. 80, 80, 90, I would even say 90%. You just have, you just need to know what you're doing. So it's a scenario in which you might, instead of like having five illustrators, you might just need one who will like take those AI tools and, you know, build something like build the base, let's say, and then touch it up and, and get it finished, like put, get it to the finish line. But on, on the flip side, you know, working in, in games and, and, and movies, there was always this kind of hunger to make more art mm -hmm. to get the film or, or video game a little bit more informed. I remember working on The Last of Us and, you know, we were doing those kind of like hero, let's say, illustrations for each chapter or for each location. Yeah. And there was always this like, oh, I wish I could dive in more and get like a couple of more illustration, illustrations done. Why couldn't you just the labor time? To, to it was execute. just impossible in time in the timeline, right? Like you mm -hmm. would like if you would spend a week, let's say, to make like a really dope illustration that has mm -hmm. all the details, everything thought through, and then you know with the feedback of the art director and going back and forth, like it would take you a week to get like something really decent, like a week even for one image. Yeah, even in film, like <laughs> film is considered to be really fast paced, but on the productions where you have like a production designer that understands what they want specifically. Mm -hmm. They will just sit with you on one image for like at least a couple of days or maybe a week and like try yeah. to really figure that out because it's yeah. really important to their vision where things are, like how colors are, you know, spread out, how the location is looking, how the set is built. All those things really matter. Yeah. Um, so it takes it takes time. But now imagine you can you can get those images done way faster and then, you know, spend instead of spending like say three or four days to get the image to like a really polished state, you get like six or seven versions in, in, in a day with all the prompting and all the shit. Right. And, yeah. and then you spend the rest three or four days to do all the polishing and kind of back and forth with, with the art director or production designer or whoever you're working with. Right. And then instead of one image at the end of the week, you have like six or seven. Right. So that's, that's sort of, so like the silver lining, let's say. Um, so so maybe it's maybe it's still same about same amount of people that are uh, involved in the project, right? Mm -hmm. But then vastly more work uh, is getting done. But it eventually will trickle down somewhere. Like some someone's job is not going to be needed because everything is just more frequent, right? Mm -hmm. There's more frequency in everything. So, mm -hmm. um, knowing markets, it's it's probably the opposite where are things going to go is just like shrinking the teams and getting teams much, much, much smaller. Mm -hmm. um, and then just knowing where AI <laughs> is going, is just like that, that's the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I think I've told you I've, and I've sent you a link a bunch of times. We listen to uh, this podcast all in with those mm -hmm. bunch of like VCs who are talking about like, those are like who's who's of VCs, let's say, right. They, they understand where things are going. Um, 
they've invested in like you know they they've invested in the biggest companies and they invest they invest on a constant basis and they know the vc world and investing world and all they talk about is like the investing is changing like you know you can you can bootstrap a team of three people and make a huge product you know like look at Midjourney. did you know Midjourney has like only i think only 11 people working there I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a super small team considering. Do you use Midjourney anymore? No. Um, Why don't you use Midjourney anymore? Uh, we, we, I mean, we can get into the reasons. Uh, I just definitely found that stable diffusion is way more in the line of like what I would like to get out of this, you know, all this whole AI art, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Let's say. Um, it just it just gives me more like it feels more like a granule Photoshop level control that I can get out of it instead of just prompting and getting an image. Right. Because I think that's whack, generally speaking, like it's just very limiting. And for your use case, for yeah. my use, you case, want more control. You want to be able to direct it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's closed. Like you don't know where where the data is coming from either. Like so even ethically speaking, uh, you don't know where the data is coming from. So. Mm. So even just like if you think about it, like you're talking about data scraping, right? And the unethical scraping. Yeah, like what the data sets are, uh, what is it <laughs> trained on, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, yeah. With if if you're using like a closed sourced thing, then you don't really know because it's a black box. They they they're literally not saying anything about where it's coming from. Uh, I know they they are getting a lot of headlines because how easy it is to use Midjourney and mm-hmm. and also like they get pretty realistic results. But like when you look at the, the, the sort of like the first iterations of Midjourney versus what it is now, yeah, uh, it's, it's very cookie cutter, like all of it, right? Mm. There is no like, ver- like there is a variation, but like for an artist, if you look at the variation as an artist, like it's really, really isn't there. It's just like a bunch of styles. It's almost like, it's Snapchat almost like filters. Lightroom, like editing your photos in Lightroom With on your phone. With presets, then yeah. DaVinci Resolve is more like stable diffusion. Is that kind yeah, of like it where you yeah. can really granularly? Is that mm-hmm. the kind of is that how big of a difference it is? For I would you? say so. Yeah, I mean, okay. look, I, but it's also I would say with Midjourney, I'm just thinking that I know it was designed a lot of ways for people that weren't artistic or artists to actually right. t- take um, have an have an experience with art, which I thought was kind of interesting as well. Like that we're not trying to do it for profit or money or to have a job or to take other jobs. They're just doing it for like some sort of like soothing therapy or to make something um, yeah they, they kind of like jumped over the ten thousand hours and then got to a place where they could go like look i'm making stuff you know which is in that use case i'm like that's cool but then if you're doing that then you're you're jumping past it all and then you're i don't know <clears throat> it's i i think the timeline in which the paradigms has been shifting for for art <laughs> so fast is yeah. so compressed <clears throat> that people really need to get their head around that mm. because like, yeah. look, so let's, I, I want to be like, when I, when I looked at the whole AI and like talk to artists and all that stuff, like, look, I do agree that the, the idea that someone can take your work and then train, train on it. And then I was talking to Greg Rutkowski, for instance, right? Like if you search his, his name, yeah, he's like, one of the first ones, a likelihood that the AI art will pop up first and his art, that's already like that's kind of fucked up, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think Greg's gonna be fine because he's such a popular artist. It's gonna be much easier for him to kind of thrive, uh, still thrive. 
And by the way, I have my opinion about like artists in general and AI movement in terms of like. This is where you share it all. So go ahead. Yeah. So, so it, <laughs> my 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 deep opinion is that art is going to be fine. Like based on what I know, like mm-hmm. what I dabbled with, like most, not most, but artists who are really like prolific, they will be fine. People who have like really good ideas, they will but be see fine. See what you said, the key word, you use the word prolific. That right. means somebody that is beating the odds, constantly learning, constantly growing. Correct. If you don't have that, those attributes, then I agree with you. You're literally going to get lost in the weeds. But remember the conversation? I mean, we, we had a bunch of conversations about this, like even back into like 2016 or 17. And no, those not related to AI, but generally the idea of like how fast the things are moving. And it's kind of funny, like it's actually a crawl speed back then compared to oh, what's going on right yeah, now. It's like sleep speed. Like, but like we yeah. used to those those Twitch streams and talk about like being prolific and constantly learning. And, and, and the idea yeah. is like, you know, the people who are going to to uh, rip, rip the most benefits out of all of this are the ones who know how to adapt and, and like yeah. relearn skills. Right. Because, you know, you with your pencil or well, now ironically might be actually more useful. As, as what, an artist having a pencil and knowing how just to just knowing how to draw physical <laughs> yeah. well yeah with how the way things train and how you can get yeah, through it. yeah. um but, but, but my, my point is that obviously so the timeline is so compressed it's really 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 difficult to wrap your head around and by the yeah. way I, I, like what makes it compressed do you think what's the ingredients just the, i think just I the know. speed of how it's f- the internet is it the consumption rate is it all of those things converging is it I think Capitalist. all of those things converging and, and the fact let's unpack this because it's such a complex and large topic that yeah. like we can get lost in and it's going to sound like an ADD podcast. Like we're just going to be like, oh, it's okay. a shiny thing. <laughs> okay. So I want to kind of focus on. That's how we talk anyways, but go ahead. I want to kind of like re- refocus for, for a second. Uh I want to I want to take the whole issue of um, well let's begin with I'm taking the whole the whole topic of uh, whether it's ethical or not completely aside and, and we can maybe talk about it separately because that if we just weed that in it's just going to be impossible conversation to have right sure. I have my opinion that a lot of what's going on in in AI generally speaking not just AI art but AI in general is very unethical. Yeah, I, I, I fully support the lawsuits that are there. The regulations need to be there. I yeah. personally believe the lawsuits are not going to change much because the tech is going to move so fast. Like, yeah, you, it's like a moving target, right? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna regulate certain things. It's not gonna do certain things. The only thing that could change is if literally government decided to step into those three or four major companies that have pretty much all the power in terms of AI training and Open really AI. shut them down. OpenAI is one of them. So it's like but I think that, that it's OpenAI. Yeah, well, OpenAI now is Microsoft. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, forget about it. Uh, you have stability. Do you think that Microsoft owning OpenAI has now ruined it? I mean, we'll time, we'll see, right? Yeah, we'll get a clip. They have a tendency <laughs> to do that, though. We'll get uh, a clip. Shots fired. <laughs> it's crazy that they're so they're still so relevant to do such a thing to purchase a company like that. You know, I was looking at the history curious. of Microsoft and. You know, the new CEO is actually run, like steering the company, at least in, in, in eyes of many, in the right direction, let's say. And there was mm-hmm. there was there was a period of time of Microsoft where, where everything was kind of like whack, complete like complete out of whack. 
And apparently it's because like literally I think DOJ was involved with like every programming decision for a while where like if they wanted to implement the fe- the feature, they had to have like a government, uh, you know, okay uh, from the government to make something. So like you can imagine, well, it's like, yeah. imagine, imagine well, you're a lot trying of government to, stuff and contracts use Microsoft products. So I guess right. that makes sense. Yeah. But like, imagine you want to, you want to <laughs> run a, run a company and make features and then yeah. you have to actually work with DMV to make it happen. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah, kill me now. I would jump off that um, building. Okay, yeah. But okay, this regard, like, so yeah. So it's like Open AI, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. is like the the front runner. This is the company that everyone talks about, clearly because of ChatGPT, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that in parts that's Microsoft. Microsoft has bought like a shitload of shares. Basically, I think they. I mean, I don't know. I would have to really check. My my sense was that it was like around forty percent or 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 less that they they're holding. So mm. that means basically they have a majority decision making. Mm. I mean, uh, however, OpenAI want to spin and talk about that they're not owned, like numbers numbers savings. You know, sure. I'm not sure if it's a good or bad thing. Honestly, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Um. We'll see if 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 there's amazing products coming out of it, then great. You know, if it's something mm. that makes your life easier, like. Hey, how can we fix the email thing? <laughs> or like internet security and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, all those things, right? It's like, it's, it's so barbaric. Yeah. And like ChatGPT is quite frankly, one of the mo- most groundbreaking thing I've, I've ever touched, like in my yeah. entire life. What do you, in your mind, how do you distill, if to explain what it is to somebody that has no idea what it is and how you use it and why, it, what it makes it? special to you what we'll, is it we'll get there but so so we have open ai you have stability ai which is stable diffusion right mm-hmm. they are not yeah. only just doing stable diffusion they just released their language models too mm-hmm. which means that they're gonna try to like battle the the chat gpt supremacy let's say mm-hmm. you have facebook that you just released their language models too like rest assured they're working on that stuff to make sure that they are not left in the dust either none of those yeah. companies will be Google seems to be like on the on the back foot in terms of yeah. all of this. They actually got caught that they were trying to train Bard on ChatGPT, hmm. <laughs> which is really funny. Um, but I'm pretty sure that they they will eventually get to the get to the race. Even Elon Musk has said now that he's making an AI company hmm. because he's like not happy where things are going. Like Elon was like a key player to make OpenAI happen in the first place. But then when OpenAI decided to go from open source to closed source and private company, that's when he left, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting to see like where all those things are going. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the entire timeline of, of, oh, it's a gimmick to like everyone's job security and the, the, the world existence is in trouble, you know, mm-hmm. when, when within the weeks. It's yeah. really, it's really crazy. Do you think that's melodramatic, though. It it is, but it but it it well, it isn't, but it is. Like it just depends, just depends on many factors, right? But if mm-hmm. you see where things are going and and how things are progressing and what what you can already accomplish, like even on the very very low level thinking, like like myself or you know most of us, right? Because most of us like we're just thinking like, oh, how to make a really cool tool, right? We're not thinking like bigger picture yet, but even on that level, 
I mean, it's, look, ChatGPT is so massive. It's it's um it's a massive problem in in, in schools and universities. You know, like pretty much everyone's cheating right now. Like they're just <clears throat> writing papers with ChatGPT. It's being banned left and right everywhere yeah. because of it. Right? Well, it's damaging if it doesn't if you're not allowing yourself to actually have a free thought and, and not developing yourself. I'd imagine. Yeah. Or you shouldn't be, I'm just going to throw it out there. Devil's advocate for that stuff is maybe spending your time learning and being forced to think, learn things that don't really have anything to do with your interest and what your focus is on is kind of a waste of time. Maybe, uh, or maybe, maybe it isn't. <laughs> I personally think it, it's not waste of time because it's, it's brought, it's broadening your perspective on life. Totally. Yeah, but maybe there's another way to do it, and this this maybe. may be showing how old that mechanism of the brain consuming outside data to then widen right. its perspective. But maybe there's another way, you know. But also, not everyone is the same, right? So, so maybe, oh, yeah. maybe true. Maybe for someone, that idea of of having a broadened perspective is not really a good good thing because they are wired to think differently. Yeah. So that's true. where, like, hey, maybe AI can solve that issue, you know. Yeah, solve a lot of things potentially. We always said, and I still agree, that AI feels like it's the, the sword of birth and death, you know? Yeah. Both when it gives birth and it kills at the same time. Yeah. It's that rapidly and that violently. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's super crazy how, how, how quickly things are moving, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It, and you my, keep me updated a lot. I, I mean, I, I cannot know keep up, man. Like, I only know you're like the five, one friend 5%. of I know that's like fully invested and you, you constantly update me on a what you're making and then b what is kind of happening and it's so noisy too i'm like oh man i don't even know like and i'm just here and i'm almost i'm kind of one of those artists that you spoke about that i don't have my head in the sand i'm very i'm somewhat cognizant but you know i've always been like that it's just like when there's a fire outside i'm like oh, whatever. <laughs> i keep drawing like because i real i don't know I, I think i realized this at an early age where i was like the world's always going to be noisy and burning and um, I just need to find my own inner calm and my inner space of <laughs> fortitude. And so with all of this stuff, I've just been doubling down on my own artistic style and getting faster, getting better. Like the project I was showing you last night, like that, making these things so quickly using the tools <clears throat> and, and, and being able to make like connect myself to the art faster. Yeah. Not even using AI too, which is kind of interesting too, but yeah, no, I mean, out of any people who are not uh, playing with any of what's available out there, like I would be least worried that, you know, you're going to be left behind or anything. It's just because like you've had thus far a pretty significant voice in terms of like design. I mean, you are sort of like for a lot of designers, you are the North Star, right? Like this is the person that I want to like learn from and follow. And you can tell it's to me, it's the same like with Vitaly, right? Vitaly found his own road, found his own road and carved it. And then everyone's following. Uh, you know, we, we were joking about this idea of, you know, we have Vitaly posting a new robot and then you have a, a thousand copies of him on our <laughs> station, right? Like a, a yeah. week after. Now it's going to be this. Now it's the same for the same artists, but not week after but a day after you know what mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> sure it's just the compressed timeline of of it all mm-hmm. um 
it's very what, it's very difficult to predict though like what were mm -hmm. where the things that because i want to answer your like first question where where do you think yeah. it's going it's very difficult to predict because a there's a lot of lawsuits that may slow things down a bit which is great i think that's what what's needed right now because like look i've been i dove right in but mm -hmm. deliberately to, to do very specific things mm -hmm. and uh unironically uh like dabbling with stable diffusion is maybe like five percent of it and it and it's it's and it's not even like prompting any of like oh let's prompt art like that thing is such a low frequency not uh not interesting thing to me at all that it doesn't really matter to me it's like it's 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 a di it's different ideas that you can get out of this and be really deliberate how you're getting those ideas like where do you where you get your training data if you're training on your own art like all those things right mm -hmm. i think that's where that's where it matters more to me uh it matters more to someone else who maybe not it's not an artist and they want to get like quick nice looking results yeah but but i think we share the same opinion if everyone can do it then it's worthless right then it doesn't really mm -hmm. matter so so why would i invest like my time breathing. into this right mm -hmm. um but it's yeah, it's difficult to see where things are going. There's a lot of lawsuits that that just started popping up. There's gonna be uh, hundreds more. I, I think Reddit is now, um, you know, asking pretty much saying that hey, if you train data on a on on a Reddit, then you have to pay us like a shit lot of money. Otherwise, we're gonna take you to court. Mm -hmm. um, GitHub is uh, GitHub Copilot is being sued by Quora, I believe. I mean, we we spoke about it last time. There's the stable diffusion lawsuits from Getty and and from uh, Concept Art Association. I, from what I'm hearing, the the Getty one is probably have more legs to stand on. Mm -hmm. We'll see where things are gonna go. Obviously, like I root for all of them. Like, look, if 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 it was just in my hands, like let's just like pause right now and just like cherish at least like get used to the new the new paradigm. Mm -hmm. instead of like this oh like things are moving so fast that anything you're like even trying to learn might be completely obsolete in a month and then completely obsolete like all the skills completely obsolete in in a year right yeah so it's like mm -hmm. impossible to predict where <laughs> things can go so like to me if, if things could slow down it would be amazing but honestly i don't think they will i think i think the timeline is going to get more and more compressed and the things we're going to hear that AI can do by the end of the year is going, it's already mind blowing and it's going to be as like a pure science fiction, mm -hmm. in my opinion, already, right? Describe science fiction. Okay. If I asked you, um, if, if, I, if like a year, if, if a year ago I told you that you can type text, like literally a year ago, that look a year from now you will be able to type text, and it will be it will be a realistic like not not 4K but realistic looking video, or you can type text and and make 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 that text look like a photo, and you will not be able to tell if if it's a photo or not. You would tell I'm a lunatic, like that's impossible that it's gonna happen in a year, right? Mm -hmm. And we're just talking about you know, art. If I told you that last year that you'll be able to make your own plugins and applications and video games, like indie video games, by not knowing anything, just 
talking to AI and it will make it all for you, you would say like, that's probably like five, 10 years from now. Mm. As you, 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 people already make video games. Like people literally make chat GPT video games. They, they make all the assets for it in stable diffusion. It's a playable game. That's already, that's already there. Right. Mm. Um, if I told you that you can make all of the motion capture on your iPhone, Mm-hmm. Like you, that would be probably more be- believable because it was already kind of, you know, on the rise, yeah. on the rise. But if I told you that all the mocap suits are going to be completely useless <laughs> and all that kind of mocap mm. studio idea will be completely useless. And now it's just more ex- like accelerating, but that's just like such a low frequency. Um, well, it's what's important to you and what's important right. to me and what's in, and, and, and we have to ask ourselves. So, you know, this because you just went through the journey and I'm so proud of you because you keep going into the journey of becoming a studio, a mini studio all on to yourself. And your whole point and purpose is you evolved. When we first met, you were this king, painter, digital artist. And now you've evolved into like your own studio, like managing all these things. And you remember we when we first would like collaborate and talk and I would explain to you like, oh, this is how you manage this project through like Google Docs and these kind of things. Yeah. Well, I stopped there because I'm like, I don't care about this stuff because it's just <laughs> a means to the end. I just care about the art and doing the art and being in the art as long as possible. But it, you can't, in my opinion, you cannot manage these productions without having a place to take everybody and say, hey, this is where we are at at this project and this and so on and so forth. And we know this because we've worked on projects together where we've grinded through the production process, but now you're getting so deeply ingrained into it and understanding like the importance of a clean pipeline and how to get things communicated quickly. But then also you're just using and training AI to actually almost allow yourself to just be a one man army, which is really interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like that's where the things are going, right? Well, a lot of the things that you described is I used I used help of AI to figure out how to do those things without use of AI, let's say. Mm-hmm. So so even on that level where you because like there's so many tools and so many things that are available for an average user right out there that it's impossible to know. Like unless you unless you're like a full time researcher, it's just impossible to know. So now you have ChatGPT that can research everything for you, right? And you know there was an argument that ChatGPT only only can you know look at what I think the cutoff for ChatGPT was 2021, hmm. end of 2021 maybe. So anything that happened after it doesn't doesn't have a memory of it at all. Hmm. Um, and so so that quote unquote could have been an issue until some guy who is not even a programmer like this is this is the paradigm we're in right some guy who who is just like me or you they're not a programmer they don't know they don't know code whatsoever decides over the weekend they're smart enough to have an idea what to do with something and they decide over the weekend like hey what if i take chat gpt and make it so it performs tasks and never asks for feedback like it just like performs a task and asks itself question because you can make chat gpt to ask itself question and it will ask itself question and respond to it in the mm-hmm. same message right mm-hmm. so what if what if what if that was the case but it was all scripted so it was an app right mm-hmm. so this person basically with help of chat gpt made an app in like over a weekend it's called auto gpt right mm-hmm. 
it's a- autonomous you know uh, ai basically mm-hmm. and the whole idea of it is you you type you type a goal and then like you type a bunch of goals that it needs to perform and you can specify whether it's going to ask for your feedback or permission to to do certain things mm-hmm. or you you're you know you'll just let it lose which is kind of dangerous by the way because you know it's going to have access and build stuff and you're not going to have like unless you shut it down you're not going to have control over it but that's a person who has no programming skill mm-hmm. at all but doing it over a weekend just good imagination doing it mm-hmm. over a weekend with chat gpt mm-hmm. and the github for that project for auto gpt is like the most popular github repository ever like literally ever in the history of github right mm-hmm. over a weekend so that's something that you would expect like a world cl- world class developers to do in a span of a couple of months uh, mm. on on our like previous timeline not someone who has no understanding like that's at least from what i've read this mm. person has no understanding of code right maybe they do maybe they're lying who knows or maybe maybe i'm getting the wrong data who knows but even even even, so. even even if that person is like a world star world star programmer it's still just one person over a weekend that's that's making one tool that's already amazing to something groundbreaking right and now mm-hmm. there's so many different copies there's like an auto gpt i think it's called god mode mm-hmm. where you can just like connect through like the web browser it's like super easy to use right mm-hmm. um, but you have a basically something that can perform tasks for you in the background mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. generally speaking mm-hmm. so you what can, are these tasks on average What's up? What are those tasks? I mean, it's really up to you. Like, what do you want to research, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen examples of like people cre- like making really crazy stuff. I feel like GPT is um, still. Um, this is just my experience of using it. I feel like it's still very nascent. It's still um, still gets things oddly wrong. Um, it depends and- what you ask. Really, it's really depend what you ask. I I, ha- yeah, I, I run into the same issue. To be well, honest, there's no truth. I think that I think the line of truth is, well, truth has always been a conjunct like a a, th- a thing of con- friction, right? Because we get to a point where truth becomes theory, becomes right. emotion. But there is that's why science has been created for hypothesis and these scientific methods in order to acquire what we would understand and agree on as truth, but on the internet and this has always been my feeling about the internet is i don't really believe and listen to much stuff that's on the internet because i feel like it's a bunch of lies but i've always been like that right now gpt <laughs> is scraping all those lies and mixing it with truths and so then you're getting this dirty truth you know that's how i see it right and so you're but it's distilled down so maybe it's not nine and maybe it's like 90 percent accurate but that 10% of bad truth is fed in all of that 90. It's contaminated it. It's like you can have a clean bottle of water, but you have one drop of fentanyl or a, a microgram of that in the water. It's contaminated, you know, and, and I think a lack of truth mixed into these things is I see very what you mean. dangerous, you know. That's just my thought, you know. It, It'd be amazing if the internet could have this, like, way of, if you could find a way to use these tools. And this is probably what these people come up with ideas. I would imagine they go... <laughs> here's the intrinsic problem internet's filled with lies where to find the truth how to extract the truth how to get okay i want to use chat gpt but i have a scale between 
lies, potential false truths, and then full-on like unequivocal truths, and then using that to train your model on like unequivocal truths and scale it, you know, and and how to find true truths, you know, because um, you get it to ask you even if you ask it, and like you said, I think it's an interface issue. Even if you ask it, like write a bio on Mache. You know, but it it's like yeah. says you're born in like Africa or something. What? <laughs> I'm a Canadian artist, I promise. Yeah, a Canadian artist, exactly. <laughs> and it's like these that's dangerous in my mind because what it's doing is it's not telling you unequivocals, you know. And and not should I maybe it shouldn't be, but on things that are so simple and common. But you know this tool much better than I do. I've only used it a couple See, times. See, I so. think that's the wrong framework <laughs> for using for using ChatGPT. Okay, because cool. that's me. where that's where you're gonna that's where you're gonna run yourself into frustration and and realize that like oh it's just lying. You know, mm. I I think I think trying to get like I mean even OpenAI has has made a statement that that uh, ChatGPT is gonna be very in, like not very but inaccurate in like when you ask about people, when you ask about historical elements, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, what you said is true. It's it's because it's it's basically based on internet conversations, and let's say it can be based on any internet conversation. You're gonna have to factor in all of the uh, conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff, right? So, by yeah. by the virtue of that, you're gonna have a lot of like let's let's call it misinformation, right? Or not true information about about things like so like if I ask about you I'm gonna pretty much find eighty percent is true and ten like twenty percent is completely untrue and same about me like I'm not a Canadian like holy crap I never went to like a Toronto university either so it's like <laughs> <laughs> so like you quickly understand that that's like the that's where it's gonna fail and 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 like fail really hard. Yeah. Um, where it's not failing is logical tasks, though. Like mm. anything that's logic related, uh, I think. Uh, like programming. Programming, not even program. Like programming, of course, because mm. it understand. Like obviously, it understands how to write code. Mm. It makes mistakes, but a lot of mistakes that I've noticed, people are people. Are, I, I've had a, those conversations with with bunch of people already, where if you're writing code and it just makes like a bunch of mistakes, for instance, right? And then you're like, oh, it's like, it's either doing it on purpose or or it's not that great uh, to begin with. Hmm. That's not necessarily it. It's it's mostly related to the fact that it has a really short memory. I think there's like only like 8,000 characters memory or 8,000 pages, whatever. It's a really short memory. And you can really notice it like when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're writing a really long code it's just gonna forget half of the code you just like wrote to it, mm. so you have to be like really deliberately, you know, putting it into compartments and and kind of trying to solve issues <laughs> more topically, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll perform a ma- like. Look, I'm not a programmer. I don't understand Python, but I wrote scripts that are like even talking to to the devs, like you know, obviously with Shibuya um, company that I that I run. Even talking to the devs, they're like. Yeah, I can see there's some noodle noodle code there that could be cleaned up, but it's pretty good. Mm. It's like a you know at least junior programmer level, at least right, or if yeah. not more, and it can perform pretty complex tasks. And so when you hear that, and you're like, "But I don't know what any of this code means at all. I just like copy paste the shit, right?" Mm-hmm. So when you when you can do that and get like results, look like when I made my first Blender plugin. For instance, right? 
with mm-hmm. ChatGPT, I was like, whoa, I'm like, I'm like a fucking wor- <laughs> world star programmer now. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, it definitely gives you confidence, right? Oh, for sure. And yeah. like when you, and the, the whole idea is like you're, with this, you can, you're problem solving basically, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you have a problem, you, you, like let's say, there's a repetitive task you're doing constantly, constantly, and constantly. So you can actually ask and pinpoint how to how to fix this repetitive task. So, so basically, once you figure out what the problem is, then you can just ask. You just ask a question: How do I fix this problem? You know, mm-hmm. and then you and then you get a, get the answer. So, for example, like I've never done any question to ask has always been to solve. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, for example, I I don't understand programming. I don't know what to do. Like, I literally have no idea. So you approach you approach this topic with like, hey, I'm not a programmer. I don't know what the hell am I doing? Walk me step by step. And it will. It will tell you what to install. The the idea of of the like the fact that there is pretty much we're at this at this stage where you can you have a problem. And there's literally no excuse to fix that problem. Let's say, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like well, I if want you have to... the mind for the question, correct? Right. Yeah. But and, it, like, and, the, if... and the goal, because like the way I look at what you're doing, and this is just my outside perspective, is you want to you want control of the art. This is just me, okay? So you right. want control of the art. You want to do it completely within. So you hit a hole and then you go, there's a problem. I can identify it. Let me go past it using technology and let me just continue that path. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a month later, by using these new tools, you've gotten that much closer to becoming a personalized studio monster. You know? <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Uh, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. You have a goal, a question, and then you ask the questions, the right ones. You fail. Then you succeed and the, the successions progress and then all of a sudden you're like oh i've harnessed this new tool and so on and so forth yeah <laughs> yeah it's problem solving um at its core it's you, you know there's an issue there is something that's like insanely repetitive that you need to do yeah. that you know can be automated um there are certain tasks where you know if there was a there was an app to perform those tasks mm-hmm. it would be such a such a better experience for you than trying to rely on somebody who might not have the same level of interest in, in solving those tasks. Yeah. Or there might be slower than you expect, you know, it's as expensive or expensive, all of those things, slow, expensive, unreliable. I mean, you, it was interesting watching you, uh, because these are things I was venting about for years before (laughs) you got into it. And one of them was how unreliable people seem to be even you pay them they're just as unreliable as if they do it for free and that's just literally just alignment with people a lot of i and i don't think people are malicious or doing it on purpose i just think that there's a strong misalignment with what your goals and focus is and then comparison to other people but it's heartbreaking when you're putting everything that you have your entirety as a person into something and then people just go like they don't show up or they're lackadaisical or um, all these things happen and, and, and it really ruins you. And that how, how it was with me. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take it on and just do it myself. You know, like 
Um, yeah. Or, or I'm just curious about it and I, I'm seeing it with you as well. And rather than sitting there and complaining about it, and then that's all, that's the only thing that comes from it. You complain about it. I know that, but then you, <laughs> you solve it with like, okay, this is a complaint that I have. And then instead of being like a baby about it, you're like, well, I'm just going to go fix this by making my own solve yeah. for this, you know, which is really you, cool. You know what it is? It's like, I think there's an intensity to it too. Um, it's like your level of expectation of, of what's good and what you want to achieve with it. It might yeah. be completely misaligned with what others might think is good enough. Yeah. But also it's it's like the, the the reality of, and this is the reality of like when you actually start a company and, and you hire people <laughs> or when you when you run a project where you make an animation and you hire people to help you or, or ask friends to help you, all that kind of stuff. Your level of commitment to that thing because it's your baby now. It's like literally you're going to put everything on the line to make this as, as, as best as possible. It's yeah. going to be a completely different, you know, level of commitment and love and you know like everything basically than someone who's just hired to help you or someone who thinks that the project is really cool and they want to be part of it and they want to do their best but no matter how um how involved someone gets into that project they'll never reach the same you know amount of love and and amount of like sacrifice that you would be willing to to uh to do for that project right and yeah. i think that's where the misalignment happens a lot of times and then obviously as you said the unreliability of people is is a massive issue it's one yeah. of the reasons like when we when we talk about and we used to talk about this a lot it's like when you have a production designer or director why they always work with the same people is because they found someone who is actually really reliable. That's they're not 100%. the best. They're not their best, you know, cinematographer or artist or illustrator, modeler, VFX, like whatever, name it, right? Yeah. There might be some savants who are like vastly better technically, have better ideas, everything. But you know what? This guy, Horrible like if I, if I say <laughs> we, that something needs to be done, it will be done yesterday, you know? Yeah. And that's what matters to like, especially when the co projects get really complex, you know, this like working with more than five people is a fucking nightmare. <sighs> yeah. That's tough, man. Managing. So now imagine running a team of a hundred, like, yeah. holy crap. Like you need, well, you need now, to have lieutenants. You need to work it right. the way that military works and you need to have flanks of reliable people that have Correct. reliable. And then it's, there's a, a chain of command basically. Yeah. So all you need <laughs> is that one chain to be broken and then everything is just becoming like uh, incredibly frustrating because you're yeah. so busy with everything else right yeah you have not you don't even have a breath to breathe and you're getting um, water thrown in your face <laughs> yeah so i i do understand where this misalignment happens and you know i i think the big mistake uh that i, I realized that over time the biggest mistake is just to like see that it's happening and be upset about it it's usually just a lack of leadership, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, so either either you as a leader fail hiring the wrong person or working yeah. with the wrong person, or you failed with getting them involved as much yeah. as you want them to be involved and getting the expectations. That's been right my place. failure. I've <laughs> that I've I what I the problem I was having for the longest time is I would I would convince people that what I was doing was worth their time. And right. come on, it's awesome. I know it's going to be great. <laughs> 
And what I didn't realize is like, and this is the lesson I've learned recently is, and I would tell people if they're on the fence at all, I said, I would rather you tell me no, than say yes and shit the bed, you know? I'd yeah. rather you tell me no now so I can control that emotion and we can keep this thing what it needs to be and then I can find the right person, you know? And I've realized that because I, 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 when I get persuasive and I'm really invested, I mean, like, you ever watch the Yodorowsky's Dune? Like, I'm like that guy. I'm like selling it because I'm feeling it and I know it's great and I know it can be amazing and I know the person that is on the other side, I can vision it. That's what a director or a visionary or a person, I'm not saying that those things, well, I am a director, but like when you see the greatness in somebody and you say like your greatness applied to this thing could be incredible. And that's really, I think what a director does too. It's like, right. but then it never works that way because, well, it, sometimes it does. And when it does, it's like, oh my goodness, this is the just literally the best thing ever. That's yeah. when collaborative art is like at an all time high. <laughs> And that's why I love to do it. Yeah. But I still, but if you, if I was in your position where you're starting to remove those anomalies, which is collaboration with the human chaos, even the best person will have a sick day. will have a day where they have a deal that they cannot, they can't give the project all like you can. And that's nothing against them, but, but the machine for the most part shows up. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's a Windows up. machine. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Turn on my PC. It's like I need oh, to update. Man. I'm like, hey, but I need to work. Like, no, I'm gonna update. I'm like, what? <laughs> you just have to turn out turn off updates. That's what's up. I know I tried to. It still does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Microsoft is a <clears throat> two thumbs down. <laughs> just kidding. Nah, yeah. it work it's it's getting better actually. But <clears throat> but anyways. The, the concept of what you've been doing, what you've evolved into um, managing teams and people and uh, going through those processes. I asked you earlier, um, how are you using these tools that you feel is different from a lot of people? You kind of showed the difference there with the way I use GPT, which is like seeking truth. That's, a, uh, that's not the way to approach it. It's more about looking for logic, but when you're using stable diffusion, say, and I know this because you've been sending me like things that you would trained on, what's your approach and how, how have you approached it where it makes sense to you? Um, <clears throat> I, I want to kind of break it, break it apart to like two different, two different areas, right? There's sure. a stable diffusion part, which I think you can almost completely disregard the ethical issues. Mm. And it's this sort of like, idea of hey someone who's not an artist can now create images that they never imagined they can create right yeah. for for their own good right um and i'm not talking about a big studio training on an artist and then using their work right which by the way based on the current <laughs> rulings of copyright office would actually not work for studios because they wouldn't have copyright and so apparently anything that is being uh, made with things like stable diffusion, so prompting is considered instructions according to copyright, which means that if you if you just prompt art and train or, or train on something, then someone literally can take that and use it somewhere else commercially, which is a, a big no-no for studios. Like they want to have full throughout the universe. You, you know the spell, right? <laughs> Wait, what? Studios? <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but like, let's let's take that aside. <laughs> let's just simplify things here for a second. Um. Remember when, like, well, not remember, but you know when the Star Star Wars came out for the first time and it made a splash. It was just like everyone loved Star Wars. You know, like the 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 very logical follow up of that was that the whole Star Wars universe grew to this massive, massive thing. Not because George Lucas released more movies over time. He literally just released three movies and that's it. It was like, what, for like 20 years, there was nothing else going on. Mm. And yet this universe kept growing and growing. It's because of the fans, right? And all the fan art, people Mm -hmm. making their conventions, Mm -hmm. people like creating art for the movie that, or like creating their own characters and worlds, writing books, all those things. And Lucasfilm was fully embracing all of it right they were like go for it like, this is the world for you to explore yeah. make the best out of it right so smart yeah and i i mean I, I i i don't follow it that closely but i can imagine that there were at least one or two instances where they would take something that fans have done and then made it a canon for the universe right mm-hmm. and like embracing the whole kind of fan art movement yeah. so this is where i see where things like Midjourney and stable diffusion would be uh sort of like the best for those projects, right? So you would have someone who, hey, like I really love that film or really love that animation or really love your character that you've been doing as an artist, you know? I would love to make fan art because I love your work so much, right? Mm -hmm. That's one part of it where I feel like even the way it is now, Untouched, is already amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Disregard this whole issue of, uh, I say disregard because... Does it really matter if someone if someone is using that style and, and making it, you know, uh, for themselves only, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Because That's like awesome. you might you it. might have an argument that, I don't that says so. that says, you know, but you know, I've spent so much time learning that stuff and now someone someone with prompts can do the same work it's like let me add to that actually there isn't a problem with them doing it for like in my mind to do it just for pleasure but it is a problem if they want to actually become an artist because i think it cheapens their thing for sure the journey is more or less and i you know we all think as artists we try to we try to add more than what's normal for value like oh i'm an artist and i did all these things like okay well i I thought about this really deeply uh, and, you know, you did your, your uh, solo podcast about it. And you've, you've, you've said this one thing that stuck with me that says, I think you said something like, if everyone is art, if everyone is an artist and no one is, Mm -hmm. and that's like, I really like deeply analyzed the, that whole thing, what you said and what, you know, my conversations with Sam and, and Greg, and by the way, like b- both of those guys, like I spoke with them, I'm, I'm completely on the side of, you know, I, I, don't, I really don't like how a massive corporations are basically re- reeking billions of dollars off the backs of everyone, basically, not just yeah. artists, like literally everybody, right? And then claiming to be like those virtuous, you know, places that they want to change the, the world to be a better place it's like no shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what you're doing corporations like, have always for the most part i've never really had the human soul and the artist spirit in mind but because it's because it's, it's when art meets commerce you know yeah but even then like i was thinking about it and so like okay if you want to if you want to pr- approach it from a perspective of like 
uh, oh, I'm going to skip this entire process of learning what lighting is and finding my own road uh, and finding my own style and all, all that kind of stuff, then your skill is completely useless because if you are not willing to, if you're willing to cut corners and not throw yourself 100% in and really find your own kind of niche and style and, and your own voice, then guaranteed there's millions of people who are going to do the same. And then your skill, your skill has no value because it can be repeated mm-hmm. easily by someone else who's completely untrained either. Yeah. You know, if, if something takes you five minutes to learn and make, then that's not a skill that everyone can do it. Then that's a commodity basically. Right. Mm. So the way I see this is like, look, the cat, the cat is like out of the bag already. The Pandora box has been opened. Um, I just don't see the world even with all the lawsuits unless literally government decides like this is too scary and they shut everything down, right? Mm. And like you, you in the unison, meaning like not only US government, but Europe, China, Brazil, like all those, all those places like in unison decide like this is too damaging for happen, the world, though. right? Yeah. Never going to happen. Yeah. Like go to DMV to figure out like how effective they are in making decisions. Right. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry for anyone who works at DMV, but you probably already know it too. <laughs> oh, the DMV is horrible. It's, 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 it's a perfect, like if you, it's almost like a Petri dish of what should never happen and yeah. why and how dysfunctional <laughs> it is. Even with the advent of the internet with computer technology and all these things, it's just so slow to, and this is just the department of motor vehicle. <laughs> yeah it's so failed it's it's one of the worst things if i have to go there that and like jury duty and stuff it's just yeah yeah i'm look i'm i know i'm a more of an idealist on these things but i'm so looking forward to ai coming in and helping us with these primitive things that we do because we're still like just with the you know caveman stuff and <laughs> situations but yeah i digress okay um, well, but my my point <laughs> my point being, if 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 you're not willing to to you step step in and actually do something that is just a little more nuanced, then that's that's a commodity, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you're if you're an artist and you know, like, look, you can you can be loud and clear about what is ethical or what isn't, yeah. but if the reality tells you that no one gives a fuck then what are you going to do about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's basically what I'm seeing right now. Like, literally literally nobody gives a fuck. Like, if you look at the, like, for... Well, for, artists for, do. You're talking about, like, artist rights and this whole thing that's happening? Just, just generally, yeah. just gen- like, even just the copyright itself. Like, mm-hmm. copyright is an issue that only artists and creators, like, creative people and, 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 and companies give a fuck about. Well, of course they do because that's their lifeblood, right? Right, but if you ask an average person... <laughs> about copyrights there's like what who 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 cares yeah because they're a consumer right they don't care like literally, literally don't care yeah and so when when so here's a misalignment that i see right mm-hmm. and here's where where i feel like just like being loud about it is the one thing but then not doing anything to like find your way in this whole mess is another yeah. it's like there is a massive misalignment and a massive alignment. The massive alignment is that you have companies that make those lang- large language models. You have developers who want to create something really cool and they don't care about very specific issues or impact of it, right? 
You have people who are just going to be messy and creative. They want to make stuff and then make profit out of it. Look, like everyone wants to make a living and, and be rich. Like mm-hmm. that's the world we live in, right? Um, and then you have, so you have that part, profit driven. And then you have the fact that the, the, the people that will be profited on really don't care about copyrights. Like that should be, that should be a pretty telling where this, this whole thing is going. Like if your mass market doesn't care about copyrights, do you think the company that is constructing tools like that will care about copyrights? They will to not get sued or they'll do, do enough trickery and it's already been done Mm-hmm. to like obs- obfuscate it enough that it becomes such a complex legal issue that is impossible to entangle let's say right yeah because it's against the desire of being a thriving right. company yeah so now now you have the topic of the copyright and copyright office saying hey the copyrights uh you cannot copyright ai art right okay <clears throat> great i actually like to me, to me, that's that's great. That's exactly what needs to be, right? Yeah. But if an average person who doesn't care about copyrights can make now can can now make a movie that they want to watch, then where do you think the studio is going to be in like a couple of years? In that in in a situation in which everyone can make a movie in a matter of hours or minutes. It won't be without much movie, of an input. It won't be good movies, but yeah. it will be movies. It will be it will be good enough for a consumer to consume. That's Maybe. that's the point, right? It's debatable. I mean, you could look at YouTube as the same thing. It's like there's a lot of people that aren't filmmakers or not craftspeople for the most part, but they make totally entertaining things. Right. But that's because they're exposing who they are, and that's a whole other another thing. Yeah. You know? yeah By yeah, using yeah. technology such as uh, cameras and and then editing softwares and then understanding how to you know navigate those things, but. Yeah, so that's I, I what guess I'm that's saying. Kind it's of, I'm countering what I was just saying. I was just more or less like, there's a there's a huge disparity, and there always has been between great quality and subpar quality, and then just crap. Right. And I know that's subjective. There's a subjective scale, but like you can't tell me you can compare a YouTube video to 2001: Space Odyssey. There's one. There's you a can. disparity. You cannot. Obviously, yeah. you cannot. Yeah. And but w- will it matter if the bar is so like? Look, the bar is always ra- rising, right? Like, look at the Not necessarily, the, but yeah, no, like, but okay, maybe in the writings, maybe how it's written, that's a different thing. But on the in the space of visual effects, for instance, like, look what what's what's considered. There's only very few outliers in the history where you can say like this even today holds up to be one of the best looking movies ever, right? Yeah, it's weird. You can count There's some you can movies count that, can, on, that almost look better than movies now that are old. That's right, really but you can count them on like literally two hands. Yeah, maybe. What would you right? say? What's what's one film that you still see and go like, damn, the vis effects or the, the, the optics of it? <laughs> well, yeah, Alien. But, but the, even with Alien. Blade Runner? Can, Blade Runner, yes. But even with those films, like, um, well, they're, fant- you know, I love those films and right. to the moon and back, but if you were to pixel peep some of those things, there is errors in the vis effects. Sure. But Ridley was so smart about his understanding of optics and film and, and, and he didn't go too far. And if you compare that to say like a modern film where it's just a lot of blue screen and green screen and all this stuff that's happening, there's a massive shift in like the quality. I don't know. I, I know this is a whole topic that's on its own, but yeah, that's a different thing. But, but what's what's more, what's what's bigger, biggest, uh, like biggest uh, financial success films? It's not Alien and it's not Blade Runner. 
Yeah, it's like uh, it's Avatar none of the films that... Like that or like the Infinity. Um, yeah, Daddies or whatever it's called. <laughs> Infinity <Yeah>. Daddies. <laughs> Infinity Daddies. <laughs> <laughs> Infinite Mommies. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's definitely yeah. not movies that you would consider to be like the craftsmanship of art. You know. Yeah, well, I I personally think that those movies do well. I've not watched them, just like the the Fast and the Furious. I think those do well because they're Phantasma, you know? Like, it's just something yeah. for people to go and go, I'm checking out. I'm just going to go, like, experience. Well, there you have it, right? Yeah. There yeah. you have it. So, like, if everyone, if, if now you want to check out, like, check yourself out, and then AI kind of decides based on your interest to make you a movie that you're really going to love. That's for sure check happening. Out. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, 100% happening, right? That's yeah. the conversation that I had with Steven Zapata. And like, I totally agree with what he was saying back then. It's like, yeah, that's exactly where things are going. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it hurts my mind to think that, and that this is a total elitist, horrible thing to say, but it hurts my mind that people without taste and con- conjecture and like, s- s- like civil mind and, and educated ap- approach to life and taste are just going to be consuming the same sewage water. <laughs> and the world keeps spinning (laughs) it's true i i don't i think that's such a horrible thing for me to say i just like but who who am i to say what's good and bad you know right and and who am i to say that what's good quality and isn't and and quality and taste is so subjective and it changes and shifts so much i just it scares me that that's the thing but at the same time whatever you know people i mean the world's the world's gonna keep spinning no matter what right and yeah People going to do people things. Um, but so, I will, I think that this is maybe a tie. Like I will hold dear to the things that motivate, push mot- and, and inspire me, you know? Um, and I think artists who are in specifically artists who will have that mindset will be like, will be totally fine because look, I, I've, my point, I think with the point I was trying to arrive at is like, if you look at the, like the fan art, fan art aspect, and even if it's like, and it's completely spilling over to commercial work and it will, it will keep spilling over. We will have lawsuits. Eventually it will be regulated. It's all going to be super messy right now, but it might be so messy for such a long time that, you know, look, the government cannot figure out social media just yet. And how long we've been, we've been having social media for like 20 years or like whatever, like almost 20 years. Right. Yeah. And they can cannot still figure out like you see you see those Congress hearings and they're like just they don't know how to open email. Like, come on, man. Like, do you think that that's because they use Microsoft products? So. <laughs> oh, man. Shots fired. Damn. This podcast is brought to you by Microsoft. <laughs> but if, if those are the people you rely on as an artist, that they're going to solve the issue of like copyright and the regulations so you no. can be safe as an artist, like you're no. delusional. No, so you that's can't the point put, I'm trying to make. Your, right. OK. Yeah. You can't put your. I think what you're saying and if I'm gathering it is like you got to be prolific, which means you need to be constantly on the move. You got to constantly be evolving. You have to have your mind open. You have to ask the right questions. Right. You have to constantly be in love with the process of knowing and wanting to know more. And this is just simply another tool. That's what I really admire your approach because I'm off just doing my own thing, playing and having fun. And um, I'm seeing what you're doing and I'm going, hmm, I think I feel I really feel like I'm being left behind and it's my own device that i'm doing that but at the same time what i've realized about myself and my own mechanisms and you know this is to be true is i'm very stubborn if i'm not interested in something i'm just not going to do it because i know at the end of the day it's like it won't serve me yeah i have to love it and find the thing that i'm in like you know that's why i figured maybe one of these days we'll just do a project together and then i'll just get 
fully caught up on what you're doing <laughs> and just turn it into like a, a work camp and just like, yeah. And then I would probably at that point, I'm hoping I would give you other vantage points to go like, Oh shit, I didn't even think about that. Oh, we, we can do that and put that there. And yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's, that's, yeah. and that's art, that's art and that's nature and that's evolution. And that's, you know, that's all, how all I'm work. saying is, and this is what you just said. And also what I was, the point I was arriving at is that it's really less about what AI, what's the next AI tool you're going to use, right? There's it's, no it's way. It's really not about that. It's really not about that. Yeah. It's really about the idea of, look, the, the world is changing at the pace that is really difficult to keep up. And you cannot just like hide yourself behind your emotions and feel hurt that, and this is more like a call to artists, generally speaking, like hiding behind your emotions and just like seeing how unfair things are, it's just not going to get you anywhere. Sounds like a teenager's like, approach to life. Right. <clears throat> and I don't I'm think a, I'm angry. And I don't then, think there's many artists who do that. I, I, I definitely noticed that are, a lot of artists are like trying to find their way right now. And, you know, and that's where it's where it is. It's, I, feel, I feel like it's a time where the old ways are going away. Mm-hmm. The bar is it went from here to to there like yeah. immediately yeah it's compounded it compounded yeah. and so how do i get so that i still stand out as an artist right it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a better artist mm-hmm. it might mean you have to be better at selling what you do and be yeah. more genuine about it right which you should have been doing the whole fucking time right yeah, yeah. so if your whole idea is like i'm going to make fan art of a characters of like existing ideas and uh and that's it like i'm not gonna promote it i'm not gonna be like a fun person to uh talk with or any of those things you're in trouble basically because now you're completely replaced right Mm -hmm. by this thing because people who are going consume whether it's your art or ai art you know for the most part will not care Mm -hmm. i mean even even now it's like okay there's a lot of buzz about ai art and like the backlash for it but like honestly a lot of people like really don't care yeah it's just because we're so you and i have a tendency to microscopic things and then we think that this little petri dish is what the world is and and honestly it's just like a one petri dish on top of a laboratory that's inside of a building that's on a planet you know yeah and, and and we we tend to go like this is crazy and we also get into it with our emotions and go like, oh, my God, this is changing. I think we need that, though, in order to motivate, push us to go to the extremes to put the time and the hours in. Mainly you, because I haven't spent as much time. Um, but again, as I explained, it's simply just not interesting. It's not that I'm lazy. It's just I'm like, Meh. you know, soon enough, I'm going to get in there. But it's like until then, I'm just going to. Yeah, you will find you'll find the need an for issue, it. an issue which drives you to the wall oh, and yeah. then you will literally just like how do i solve this and Sounds you like that, and ends adobe <laughs> yeah. shots fired again <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i have not shot fire. a fire just I, like fucking I have ripping with yeah. like a shotgun <laughs> left and right no just, well, it's because the we, bystanders we the adobe now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but again like instead of complaining i can be like it could go into gpt and try to program a plugin that would fix these men these things like you've been doing where you love certain programs and you've been 
finding ways to bridge your gap between production and the programs you use so that there's yeah. less gap and you can get right to seeing what you need to do. And that's the mind state. I think that there's, I, I, and I know you feel this way too. There's, there's two, there's different, there's a disparity. There's like a different approach to, to the mind. Some people see a problem or, or, uh, and, and then they, they complain about it is, and they, they think by complaining about it is what constitutes their validity. So they, ah, oh, I've complained about it. That's enough. I put my energy into it. It wasn't good energy. Yeah, I, I accomplished about my goal. Sure. Like I just did. Oh, you know, like shots fired. And it's like, we, we kind of like think it's funny, but it's actually just lazy. And yeah. then there's the other one. It's like, okay, there's a problem here. Now, this is the champion mindset I feel. It's like, okay, this is a problem here. Let me distill it. Let me solve it. Let's go through it. The the later, the making the world better, contributing to the world in a better way is the harder way. But it is the bountiful way because as you know it, look at you. You've already figured out things that it took a large amount of people to solve, I'd imagine. Not to say that that's what constitutes value, but it also just says that it's a mind state. And what you're saying and, and what I'm gathering is like the mind state of the artist for the progression of future relevance is these traits. If you don't have these right. traits, you're screwed. And that's how it should have always been anyways, you know. That's why I put in that one podcast that I did is like making a pretty picture is no longer the goal. It used to be the goal, you know, but it's no longer the goal. And the time is so compressed now because let's th- let's say Renaissance paintings, which you know, I love Renaissance paintings. I just, I just love them. And I will always love that, that art. When I go to a museum, I almost never focus on certain other, but I love looking at the Renaissance. And I think the thing is, I love that there was a fascination of craft. Yeah. But when the craft became so good that it became fantastical, that's where I'm like, okay, this is the best. That's me. But I can also appreciate paintings like Francis Bacon and I love his stuff as well. There's just different things. Then the camera got created. The camera said, well, hold my beer. And then everybody goes, oh, now I need to do impressionism, yep. you know, and this is, and then impressionism came up because like, well, if, if painting realistic is, is already taken away. But I think that whole era of art and, and, and com- taking an idea and bring it forth. Now it's compressed so hard and so rapid. I really do think it's because of consumer like rate of consumption, capitalist systems, and the internet. I think it's those three things. And you put all of those three things, the direct connectivity, and you just, and it just turns it into like a dumpster fire in the best of ways, like an amazing dumpster fire. Very messy. <laughs> it's definitely very messy in how things are, like how compressed timeline is, how quickly things are moving and how yeah. messy they are, you know? Yeah. It's beautiful though. Um, it's beautiful. It's very, yeah, it's definitely very interesting to look like where things are going. I mean, like, look, I, I mean, in my opinion on like the, absolutely the lowest level, um, if you, if you like struggling, struggling with idea, there is literally no excuse to, to complain anymore about mm-hmm. something just not working or not, not being correct or, you know, whether it's like a tool you're using or, a problem you're trying to solve like if you're gonna put attention to something and you really want to solve that problem you have everything you need by yourself to do it mm-hmm. you just have to do it and if you don't know literally go ask chat gpd how to do it like yeah. it will tell you yeah for the most part it'll tell you pretty closely how to do it right yeah, yeah. that's a good idea i always like i was telling you when this happened i was like 
the only thing I think should worry the most is Google because it's replacing Google. In my mind, it's like new Google because it's like you go on Google, it's it's almost like I need a this. Oh, well, it gets you kind of there. It's very rudimentary still, but this gets you yeah. even closer. It helps you think and it becomes a partner in thought, which is fantastic. It's going to be very fascinating to see where, what Google does, you know? Yeah. Well, very interesting. I'm hoping that they're not big, too big to be able to move and adjust and 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 men because as a company, Google, I think, has done a lot of really interesting things, you know, if you think about well, what's it. What's the name of the two founders, Sergey and the other guy? Um, they basically came out from retirement because they were in retirement. I know Mike was like partying with them. at. Uh, he was showing me pictures. He was partying with them at Burning Man. <laughs> like, <laughs> his life is so weird. So crazy. Well, they, they basically <laughs> came out from retirement and like mm. completely like a red alert like it's now it's 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 now about legacy for them oh okay well i mean then they, they have, have to shift and pivot so and now, adjust yeah so yeah we'll see what, what happens yeah because when you have that much money then what else legacy i guess is it is what it is yeah i agree with you if they don't do anything like if they fail at whatever attempt they are trying on done. right now yeah they're done. done yeah this i mean that literally the way i mean it's it's still in its nascent state where it's not it's still you have to apply yourself more and because it's an interface issue almost. And I don't mean interface visual. I mean, interface and the, like how you interact with it. But the moment where somebody turns it into a frictionless system, and I'm talking about like the movie, her, you know, when that becomes a conversation where it's not like, I'm not using a keyboard, I'm not typing, but I'm just, I just talk to my phone and say, Hey, um, a real true Siri, you know, Hey, I'm in the middle of this thing or, you know, somebody I love just died. Can you talk to me and help me through this? Because I'm feeling pain. Yeah. And then it'll give you the the most, the best advice to feel better. Or, you know, uh, on the technical level, it's already <laughs> possible to do. It's just, it's just probably a weekend for some smart person to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really close, which is wonderful. And, and for those things, like the user case, I think that's like we talked about and we kind of were deprecating, but we're saying like what we look at it is so small in regards to the user case, but like, think about it for those situations where somebody really does need help and they're suffering mentally with something, but they could go into this, this, they can lean into this data field and, and say, I need help. And then without, yeah. without having another human judge them or, uh, I mean, then they become a better person, you know, how beautiful is that? And I'm really hoping that's one of the big user case things that happened with like, um, cause I think I told you, um, and this is something I might've said prior, but, I had that revelation that social media will be looked back on like cigarettes are now. Oh yeah. I it's totally so bad agree. for the mind, you know, it's so it's bad. Yeah. It's one of the main reasons why there's <clears throat> like so many like mental health issues right now in youth. Anxiety, um, all these like echo chamber, all these things, because it's like, we're not, we're not meant to consume this stuff the way it is. And it's just incessant. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But what do you do though? Right. Cause like, when I ask myself, okay, well then should I just remove it? And it's like, well, that's part of an ecosystem of existence, you know, and um, you seem to have found a decent balance with it, right? With social media and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I'm not like a social media guru here. There are people who are like way, way more prolific. I'm not saying you're a guru, but you're a user. You have a decent amount yeah. of people that follow you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I never, I never saw this and this is, Probably to my detriment. Like I could have been probably a millionaire by now if I if I just decided to just follow the let's say the blueprint 
um it's just just not in me let's say yeah to be that that kind of person um well like being like, an influencer you're, you're constantly yeah like you're in like constantly gaming and mm-hmm. constantly like you also have to have a mentality you know of, these like, people too that are out there they don't they're not happy the all the people that i know that do yeah. that they're exhausted <laughs> yeah, it is exhausting yeah. uh, there's maybe a handful that are like really enjoying it but but mm. they are also the kind of people that they just like to do that kind of stuff yeah to begin with. it's yeah. their it's their like in their mindset that that's that's where they find happiness you know mm-hmm. yeah and you can tell you can tell they're like high social um, they love the attention they love that energy look if you want to grow social media you have to be constantly on social media that's, that's, that's it that's as simple as that like yeah. you have to constantly reply to people you have to constantly post stuff all the time tag it make it interesting you don't even like at this point you don't even have to make it interesting you just like you just swarm the fuck out of your like account with with content and it will eventually just become bigger and bigger right yeah yeah like by by aggregate you can you can get to like a pretty big numbers and pretty big engagement by just being constantly on social media that that's basically that's like how tiktok works too like at minimum, like at minimum, you have to, I think with TikTok, you have to do like at least something once a week, right? Mm-hmm. Ideally, you want to do something every fucking day. <laughs> well, yeah, because that's because they champion things that do what they want most, which is to keep people engaged, which Correct. is fine. Yeah. And yeah. we realized that when we were doing Learn Squared and this Twitch streams and the output, but man, it's not in our nature, you know? No. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively a meditative, quiet person. I like to sit with myself a lot and just meditate on thoughts. And in my work, my work becomes the meditation. When I don't have that clarity, man. Yeah. When I, I look at the streamers, you're the same too, right? Like you can be you can be somewhat high functional and social, but even when we're in New York and stuff, you're just like, Fuck, I don't want to be here, dude. I'm like, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough to be on like that. I don't understand yeah. how people can be. Um, yeah, you have to have a character for that for sure. Like, look, I, I look at the, tre- like the streamers who can sit there for like every day for like six or eight out six to like eight hours. That's just insane to me. Yeah, but they could. But then, if you think about it, if they're doing that at work for six to eight hours and making pizzas or you know like right. subway sandwiches, no, or I, get, yeah, I get, yeah, I get, I get difference. that. But yeah. but when I, I, I think also just like if someone would say that that's not work, that is really is work. Oh yeah. It's totally. It's weird. just like yeah. it's so mentally draining to talk for. It's mentally draining to talk for two or three hours, right? Yeah, because you have to constantly engage. Now imagine like you have to engage with also the audience all the time and just do it over and over and over well, for like love, hours like on end. You know? Yeah, you have to really love it. Yeah, there's like because um, otherwise it's just work. To talk about what you're saying, what made Star Wars so special? I think it's the same about Doom. You know, like Doom the game. Because yeah. they open sourced a lot of it, I think, and then fans yeah. are making it, and it made it relevant, continually relevant. And there's this uh, this YouTuber that I because I love that game, and I was watching him, and he like I haven't played it in a while, but he it's his whole channel is about like do, like it's an incredible t- channel. Let me see if I can find it. But anyways, um, I think that that's another like testament to what makes Doom so special and relevant today. Still, an old game and how good it is still is like people investing and putting time into it but then also the the opener the 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 creators of it's knowing that if they open up the whole thing to everybody that's when it makes it bigger and special and more people can apply themselves to it and makes it awesome so that's where i think like if we go back to (laughs) artists and the whole stable diffusion topic that's where i think is like the true power that can be harnessed by artists you Mm -hmm. know like build 
build your fan base, build, you have your fan base, you have people who love your work and love who you are, like benefit from that, let them, let them be part of that world and be creative about it. You know, I think that's, that's where it's, where it's going to matter the most in terms of like the commercial aspect of it. It's just like, I think that's for everyone's, everyone's to figure out what the path they want to go on to that will make them happy because some <coughs> some people will realize like look i just want to do traditional art and now that might be actually something that's way more valuable than 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 like a typical you know digital art whatever right sure maybe maybe some people who always wanted to direct something and make their own films like well now you have no excuse because the tools are so advanced that you can probably make it for free almost right or much much cheaper than you would you would have to do it prior right yeah that's always been the case though i think that's been the case for like the past 10 years i think because like even like a film like tangerine which is filmed all on like iphones it's like right (laughs) you just have to have the will to do it that channel if anybody like loves doom and wants to see it it's incredible it's called decino day d-e-c-i-n-o it's because it's really good but anyways i love doom and i literally (laughs) just bought the original Doom game poster. Damn. <laughs> like Not the original. It's just like a re- big but fanatic. <laughs> we know how I get when I get it. Back. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. as I, re- I think as I get older, I go backwards and I go, what was the thing yeah. that got me jacked on this thing? Got me super pumped. And it was like, oh, it was, it was being really interested in Doom. And I love the mechanics. And I started like listening to Carmax to like um, talking about his programming and then uh, Romero and the in the way that because um, to me it's like I think that the that was a perfect situation where all the the right nerds came together <laughs> <laughs> and they had that's a true. test bed you know and they, that's true <clears throat> and that happens so, in life though <clears throat> and can be repeated if you know how to do it when you put the right amount of people together and and this is like you can either you can have three hundred people <clears throat> that are somewhat into something or five people that are really invested in, in pushing and yeah the five people will be 500 all day long in my opinion you know um, it's all intention <clears throat> and that's where the things are going in my opinion too yeah well with i see AI it with tools and everything it's like entire productions and ideas are now done amongst friends not massive corporations and that's where i think it's actually pretty liberating for for a lot of humanity let's say right yeah because you, you, again like you mentioned her, right? Mm-hmm. Literally, all it takes because you have all those language models, all those things that are like publicly available right now. Um, again, don't ask me like how much of it is ethical or not because I literally, literally don't know how they are built. Those yeah. language models, I'm pretty sure it's half of it is unethical. But then, but then again, what what is ethical at the end of the day? You know, I it remind you know what it reminds me of is when. Uh, when I was starting to learn concept art and using photography in any aspect whatsoever back in like 2004 or five was very frowned upon. Like yeah, that was, you are the biggest piece of shit. If you ever use a photo, photos, <laughs> uh, yeah, like you're a cheater, like you, you literally, the community would like exile you. I think that's why you know this because you've been through this wave already. Right. So you're just like, I've already been here. This is old news and I don't care. <laughs> it's just more accelerated and like more amplified now because of social media too. It was just forums back then, right? 
That's then right. someone yeah. found out that hey, even Craig Mullins using photo is using photo photos for commercial work. Yeah, and then everyone's like with the egg on their face. You know, it's like well, the <laughs> god of concept art, the god of like <laughs> the the granddaddy of all digital art is doing this. Therefore, I'm stupid. You know. Yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> and now it, everyone's photo bashing, right? Yeah, yeah. So and, and also kit bashing too, and using three kit bashing, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. So yeah, it's. The incentives are obviously different. Like there's, there's, I think the layer, the layer of incentives is misaligned completely. Yes, that's that's right. what makes it like very controversial. Yeah. But even without that, I would, I think, I think still it would be very controversial. Uh, there, there's still a controversial aspect of it that people, most people are having a hard time to deal with, let's say. Yeah. Um, which, well, which, which I totally understand, you know, yeah. but again, like I, I feel like, the, the um, one thing I definitely noticed with the interviews I was doing and talking to people is that both sides of the of the fence are completely missing the point. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like... Or asking the wrong questions or, or the wrong putting questions. their attention into the There's right no dialogue, thing. basically, almost. But that's almost how it always is, right? And, you know, yeah. um, struggles and fights always just come down to just like a miscommunication, always a misalignment, you know? Like the simplest of things yeah. could be so resolved if to just... Sit and meditate on it. That's why I like my meditation time of quiet, and it's because I can chew on these big thoughts and go, "Where do I want to be?" Because like I'm, this is just me. I'm seeing you accelerate. I'm like, oh, "This is sick," and I'm going to get into there, and and I, and I will follow behind what what you're doing and find my own path with it. But I'm also, I think, like, like I'm, I'm, like I just, I think I'm showing you. I just got back from like a shoot, and it's just so fun. Like, yeah. But, but I'm also just, I'm just trying to lean into the things that I find fun. <laughs> yeah and and i have you know so many of my friends are like do you do client work anymore because like all i share and i do i do a lot of client work but i just don't talk about it or share it usually because i can't and, and the other part is just like i'm more interested and passionate about the personal work you know let's yeah, think optimism- I, I was i was about to ask you like, you actually do any client work it's like <laughs> it doesn't seem so well i just At can't least. show it to you you know yeah it's like usually all the stuff i do is for corporations that are like you can't share and talk about this so and also that's like, it's so damaging to the artist. You know, that's always been a problem. It's like, I do the work because I want to share it. You know, that's part of the the mechanism because everything I do, I want to share because it's part of the right the process of me and my, my what motivates me. Not everybody's the same way. Um, but then I just kind of like, eh, well, if it kept just happening more and more and I had to fight for the right to share the work, I'm like, I just don't care anymore. Like, so I'll just do it for yeah. a paycheck and then move on, you know, so which is fine too. Yeah. Let's be optimistic. Let's try to turn this into some more positive thoughts. And five years from now, where do you hope this is all going to be in a good way? I've, I've been optimistic or trying to be as optimistic as possible. I, I think I, I come across at least for like last hour and a half of our conversation at least that I do see a like completely optimistic approach. And I, I do truly, truly genuinely believe, and I, I, I might be wrong again, like it's impossible to predict what's, what the future is going to be like. Yeah. So all I can go with is just my, my perception of where the things are going and how I feel about them. Right. So sure. without out of the way, I feel like generally speaking, artists who are prolific will be fine. Mm. You you guys will be fine. Like, look, you don't have to look far to see where most AI art is. It's literally just anime weebs. Like, ninety percent of it is porn and anime weebs. That's where it's all going. Mm. So, like, 
that aspect of it is is you know but even taking that aside I, like just generally like finding your own way how to navigate through this and not necessarily even just that delving into any of those ai tools specifically like you don't really have to i, I, I at least i feel like not everyone has to you know some people really do mm-hmm. you know some people who 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 are maybe doing something that is completely replaceable, you might have to like reconsider where you are at. You know, if, if you're like a commissioned artist, for for example, like you have to like really like worry about where the things are going. Mm-hmm. Or like if if not already, that's like half dead. It's going to be dead pretty soon because like you are then relying on, you know, people who, who just want a cool art, but they don't really much care how it's made, you know? What if you love love concept art though and you and and you love it so much that you don't care i think there's a face for you still that's just my yeah opinion. i mean <clears throat> i said concept art is dead it's because or it's going to die it's because it's going to be such an easy task for ai to perform but what if you harness that as your own like little little ai worker let's say yeah you like like you you train it on your own work and feed it you you train it on your own work you you create different concepts you know it's one of those things where with concept art as you develop that's the i think that's the silver lining too it's like the taste that you develop over time Mm. you know one of the things that definitely will happen is if everyone can create concept art that looks the same then everything is going to look the same and people are going to get bored yeah looking at it so then your creativity comes in right and then coming up with different ideas Mm -hmm. and then learning how to get them out of out of the system if your love is to sit down and work on the painting for a week and create concept art and it looks more or less like what ai can come up with then i would say do it as 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 a hobby Mm -hmm. you know and like, I'm just trying to be as realistic here as possible, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. And this is something I, I, I mean, I have, um, I have a Frank Miller Batman drawing right here and a Mike Mignola Hellboy illustration. And I always have them right here because they remind me of this key lesson that the style and taste in my mind is the king. It's always been the king and right. style and taste do eventually um, supersede oh, and the just, masses. Just before I forget, mm. I'm talking commercially. Commercially, talking yeah. About, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> and I was talking commercially too. And you're talking to like a, a viable product that can then be sold to uh, a client, and then therefore um, wealth can be acquired and, and, and a, right. a sense of living can be established. Um, okay. And I said the same thing because I I do. If somebody really loves concept art, let's say they're still starting out and they're still green, and they love it, <clears throat> I personally wouldn't deter them from it. Because I yeah. think if you love something, you should just do it, even if it doesn't make a lot of sense. But be willing to understand that that might not yield what you need it to be. But by love, I mean you're doing it for the pursuit of being a better artist. Right. Not, not for the love of wanting likes and followers. That's a whole other system, which is what we talked about. It's an engine. It's a machine. Mm-hmm. That means you need to be a persona. Uh, that's a whole different category of how that stuff works, but I do because, uh, like, hopefully, if 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 somebody is still listening to this, 
and you're young and you're starting out, or even if you're not young, but you're really love making art, a thousand percent throw yourself at it at, at everything you can because it's a, it's yeah. a wonderful way to spend your life, I think. Definitely don't take a loan, a student loan, and, and for Art Center or any of those places <laughs> anymore. Like, wow, fucking, shots like, fired. I, no, like, you look, don't think somebody, like, let's say somebody, and this, I'm just going to be devil's advocate, somebody that has the wealth can acquire the taste and that. Well, the, if you have money and you can, like, just spend them, then, like, who gives a fuck, right? Well, but, if, like, you want to spend money on understanding an education of art through an institution you can do it like you can go ask chat gpt to well, find 20 <laughs> courses that will teach you more than art center will okay. that's all i'm saying okay? I, I agree with you i'm just saying i'm that not some singling people... out art center i'm talking about art schools in general yeah okay and i've been saying that like this yeah. is the reason why we started learn squared in the first place. yeah this is true i mean because with learn squared it was like you never learn alone and you learn from the best and then you like it's distilled and that was the whole methodology behind the school itself if but this is also for a different type of person, a person that's self-desired, like a person that has the the desire within to fulfill. And that's a rare, that's a rare breed. The, the, you know, I think we realized it too. Like there's, there's the advanced market of people and then there's the beginner market. The beginner market is massive, but the right. advanced market is extremely shallow and small um, because right. it's just... There's not a lot of people that have those characteristics. Now this gap of the skill is completely annihilated. Yeah. And the only the only gap that still persists, in my opinion, is Prolific. the taste. Yeah. Well, the taste. How would you define taste? I'm curious of what you would define taste I, as. I think taste is defined by your experience, right? Mm. At the end of the day. Like, look, I, for the most part of my, for the most part of my career, um, I never considered myself to be like a designer or, or, you know, a director or whatever you, you might call it. I was just, I always felt for the most part when I was illustrating, painting, doing concept art, working for different studios and all that, trying to come up with ideas. I always felt like I struggle with coming up with good ideas mm -hmm. and I always felt like I struggle with like just making good design choices. I always felt like I'm really good at like getting details like really good details right or execution level because that's your like a really high level yeah. right mm -hmm. i always struggled with that but i feel like i'm on i'm i am in the spot right now where i feel like i do have some kind of voice you know maybe i'm not the best designer or or best director like definitely not right mm. but i i feel no like i thing. do have ideas and do have a voice that are interesting to at least some degree mm. but i always felt they weren't mm. But it came with time. Like it took me a lot of time to get there, you know? Well, you were working for clients, not independently for such a long time until you started to think, uh, and this is just my approach that I think of your career. You worked with, for clients and, and you did some independent stuff, but I'd say what, 80, 20%, 80% was client stuff. You know, it's like, I would always try to come up with shit. Like sure. I would always do side projects, maybe not on the scale of, of what they are right not now. Not since the past like five to eight years though, you've been really putting. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. It definitely, yeah. definitely doubled down like eventually. Right. But... I mean, the past three years you've been tripling down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, I know, obviously I don't know how it's going to work out, but I, I, I I'm not working for clients right now I'm, I'm basically running a business and, and directing that's all manifesting so, it's, it's, so good on you so it's so it's 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 something i never considered like i could get there mm -hmm. but then i think there were like seminal moments 
which were incredibly difficult in past three years to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I think learning how to deal with those incredibly difficult moments mm-hmm. helped me to progress to a point where it's now it's less about like, oh, how do I do it? It's just like, how do I do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's courage and, and experience, as you mentioned. Yeah. You want to dive into any of those ex- those harsh things without getting to divide to build and uh, going into them, but those challenges, those walls. Sure. That you hit? Yeah. I mean, well, going quickly going back to the taste, like and going back to how this gap is like all those things are changing. Yeah, it's I would say if you want to be an artist, like go for it. Learn learn those things. Everything. Consume um, it all. They're they are they are um, like mind expanding things, right? Mm-hmm. Like I I truly believe the more you know about the world, the better the better decisions you're gonna make mm-hmm. in, in aggregate, right? Yeah. And so you if you learn how lighting works and if you learn about composition, if you learn what good composition and good things are, generally speaking, then you'll look at all of the art that's out there that's made by Midjourney and and stable diffusion, they realize all of it looks the same. Mm-hmm. Like literally. Yeah. There's just no variety. Even though there's a v- massive variety of, of styles, but they're like literally clones of each other, right? And then you see that about all work, not AI work too. Just go, oh, like wow, art, all go on art station, it's one big maldu of, you know. There's sometimes you repeat. just you see something and go, wow, it's truly authentic. For sure. Yeah. 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 But yeah. that comes from a person that yes. also realized that I have this voice. Realized. Yeah, I yeah. have this voice and I want to try something different. Yeah. I think that's going to matter more now too. Yeah. Uh, but if, once you, once you go, once you cross that bridge and you realize that, oh, I truly understand now that all of those things that are like, I think last time we spoke, I think I called it fake jewelry. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's all fake jewelry, right? And if you are able to find a diamond mm-hmm. and then know how to make one, mm-hmm. Or like how to how to find one, let's say, and then make make it work for you. You will stand out. It's mm. as simple as that. And standing out would matter more. Like authenticity mm. will be a, a, a value now. It should have always more been. of a value. It should, should have, always, have always been. But yeah. now because the gap of the technical the aspect. technical gap, yeah. the technical aspect of like you can get there mm-hmm. without any skill whatsoever. You just have to write it. Well, that's still a skill. I, I mean, you, I, I mean, I noticed this pretty quickly too. I would have friends use mid journey and they would generate stuff that I was like, why are you doing that? But then I was realizing, oh, it's just taste and design of taste. And then I realized I was looking at the Petri dish through the microscope, you know, like I wasn't realizing that there's a whole world outside of that, that just still is never, and potentially will never be on the level of taste because of the years of observing right. the world you know so there is a difference uh, um, in user cases as well but it but it's also true that much fewer people can populate the demand yeah which also means that that means that that gap has now shrunk completely right yeah Let's, so that's the, that's the point i'm trying to make is that there's always a like the demand gap let's say like there's the only gap? x de- demand Oh, gap. Man. I think he said man. Gap. Like, oh, <laughs> come on, man dude. <laughs> There's always demand gap. <laughs> uh, dude. Kids are listening, but children um, exist. <laughs> <laughs> but the the point being is Aussie that, couple. you know, um there's always, you know, 
there's only X amount of art that can be released that people can consume and then they get tired of it, you know? Yeah. And now because of the, it's like a hundred X, you know, exponential, let's say, that means far less people can fill those gaps far more quickly, which means that if you're, if the level of art was here or level of like what it looks visually was here Mm -hmm. and now it's here, right? Then I'm saying this gap has like completely tightened. Mm-hmm. That's the like the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree. Yeah, you mentioned experience. Let's dive deeper into that. You said the word experience is what defines style. That's still another void word. Let's. What do you mean by experience, and how do you distill that down it's, further? It's it could be anything, right? Like it could be you going out uh, and experiencing the world, and then something happens that is incredible and you you witness it and then it is, inspires you right mm-hmm. it could be also something horrible that is really hard to deal with mm-hmm. and you realize in your head that there are certain things that matter more than others mm-hmm. uh i i'm pretty sure everyone can relate to the idea of like facing a very difficult situation in your life and then realizing you're all alone with it like completely you cannot rely Maybe you can rely on like the closest loved ones, but then nothing else really matters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So knowing that, then once you like, once you go through a couple of moments in your life like that, where all you can rely is on is yourself. And then the reality is like you either deal with it or it's going to get worse. (laughs) Right. It's true. Yeah. (laughs) So that kind of builds this um what's the word for it perseverance mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. or grit grit yeah. is probably a better better word mm-hmm. so grit matters because coming up like g- getting getting to do um interesting things or difficult things is more difficult than you first you would ever imagine. Mm. Like you have your idea, you have your like general idea what what the things are. It's like, I want to be a director. Oh, I can totally be a director. Just pick up a camera and be a director, (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah. And then like the moment you want to pick up a camera, like, well, what the fuck? Which camera I should... And then just it unravels from there, right? Yeah. So how do you deal with that? It's just like you have to have a certain amount of grit to just like not give up on the first instance of uh trouble right um and that allows you to get to a point where you can do more complex things and realize that there's just more more to life or more to craft or more to art or more to design than you thought on the uh on the surface level Mm. and then maybe maybe there's a point where you always wanted to do something and but you never knew how to do it but then if you go through like certain experiences in life and you realize like it's all in you it's all in your decision making and you have to start somewhere yeah then you just okay let's build like little building blocks and just go step by step and eventually i'll get over there right Mm -hmm. um i call that same with passenger and driver paradigm you can right. go through life as a passenger and complain that the driver is driving you to these places, or you can become the driver and then yeah. drive yourself through these 
positions in life and take responsibility. Same, same with like inspiration and acquiring taste, right? Like I think, I think artists, <laughs> the terrible thing about artists and, and humans is that we're almost designed to be liked. Like we want to be liked in yeah, a way. It's part of the social structure that we have. And we hate when someone criticizes what we do. Yeah. Cause it comes and out of you, nowhere. You can, what? <laughs> and become really defensive about it. Yeah. And really, really don't like the idea of failing, you know, mm -hmm. but you, in order to learn like you need to fail, like you need to make mistakes. Yeah. It needs to be messy and dirty. It never is going to be nice and clean and clean cut. You know, I mean, you, when you make films, like how many things are done on the last minute mm -hmm. with the last ditch effort out of an oftentimes out of nowhere solution? I think perseverance and necessity of, of ingenuity is literally the ingredients to produce something. <laughs> right. <laughs> Having yeah. distilled it down to, from my experiences, like perseverance is one and the ingenuity to problem solve on the fly. I remember you were telling me like lost boy stories when you were making that short film, like, and there are so many things that didn't work. Yeah. And then you're like, like last minute is like, oh, I went to my garage and like started like slapping a cable on the ground or That's some right. shit. You yeah, know? Anthony and I, we made, we were trying to figure out how to use, make the electricity on the bike sound like snap. So yeah. we took my sound recorder and Anthony and I, I think it was Anthony, he was like, let's use the belt and slap it against the ground. And yeah. 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 And it's, you just figure it out as you go. But everything, and you know, when you try to, when you set out to do a task where you're taking something that's complicated, especially at that time. I just really can't believe like when I watch because I love watching these old films and I just it's so like I, I thanks to your um, your advice. I listened to the Kurosawa um, biography, you know, it was wonderful. Such a fantastically odd person <laughs> and yeah. unique and very interesting, but also very obviously Japanese and old world Japanese. You know, at the end of the book, he had this kind of like not a commandments or nothing like that, but he had the list of things that like he would suggest if you're wanting to become a filmmaker. And I, it made me like, uh, I was, I love that he was saying that, but then I was like, I don't agree with any of these things. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's like, and, and, but I do agree. I think they're wonderful, but that's if I want to become him, you know, it's like right. read all the best books, read all the scripts, be able to write and all these things. But it's like, that's if you want me to continue making what you've made, which is totally understandable because he's made some incredible films. And but, but here's an interesting point. It's like if you don't have experience of reading more than just the one book, mm -hmm. you'll take it as a gospel. It's true. But then yeah. once you read five or six or seven books, and that's where I'm coming, like it's an totally it's an acquired taste, right? Like yeah. taste is acquired. It's like once you read six or seven, then you realize it's, it's not about the, the final advice that someone gives you because yeah. it's always going to be very personal. Yeah. It's about you looking at the aggregate of all of those ideas and then realizing that you, per, in your personality and the way your brain functions and things, you'll find certain things that overlap mm -hmm. that those people say that resonate with you. Yeah. And then you know it's true. Yeah. But there's no truth, right? That's the paradox of it. You know, it's like, yeah, your, truth, like uh, your truth at, at age 15 is not at age 30. Sure. <laughs> and the truth. We can go deeply philosophical. Well, about, we should like, though. Yeah, because it's all a paradox. You know, it's like there. that's what I was saying about the GPT thing. There is no truth for the most part. There's uh, like scientifically proven truths that we can all agree on unequivocally. But then there isn't on a lot of things, which is really 
divisive, but to your point, yeah. what you just said, which I love, and I'm not trying to go into a paradox of like circle thought, but it's the, it's the beauty of these things. And it's the advice that's given. You might see what you want, which is also why the internet's so dangerous because people that are like wanting to be racist, they just perpetuate the racism, which is scary because it's like, no, this is a bad way of thinking. <laughs> and yeah. it's a horrible way to approach life in the world. The world isn't like this, you know, and you need to think bigger and you, but the internet perpetuates that and it also perpetuates bad thought. That's why I like to really ask myself, like, am I, is this an unhealthy thought, you know, and, and, and criticize and analyze myself, not to a deprecating form, but like really try to advance, you know, my, my frame form of thinking, you know, do you do that often? Not often <laughs> enough. I feel like Maybe you just go, you, you go so fast, dude. Your obsession rate is insane. Like I think, yeah, you're, you get into it. <laughs> do you take yeah. do you take moments because I know it's tough for you because you know you got your kiddo. And, I do. Yeah. I I definitely do. I, I you, there's always a realization that there are certain, and I, I think I'm becoming a little more careful on the kind of steps I'm trying to make because I realize often that I I start to approach this as, as almost like a QA, let's say question and answer, right? So like let's say I dive into an like I have an idea, I dive into it. And there's some always something in me that like I need to get it done, right? Because mm-hmm. if it's not done, I'm gonna be like obsessively thinking about it, and it's it's very unhealthy. <laughs> but then I also like calculate. Look, I'm spending all this time to figure out this thing that mm-hmm. would definitely be a nice thing to have, and maybe you know, maybe really really effective, maybe would really like help me to progress thing. But mm-hmm. if I spend another three days on this, then it's totally not worth it mm-hmm. because then. I'm basically basically making this new thing to take more time than if I just did those did the same thing but manually instead, you know? Yeah. And so like I'm definitely noticing that I'm catching myself earlier and earlier and earlier with the experience to know when to stop mm. pursuing something, but it doesn't stop me from trying. Mm. You know, that's good. And I mean, we joke about like that's getting obsessive about ideas and like yeah. oh, being into photography or being into this mm-hmm. and like obsessive Beautiful, about though. gears and all those things, right? Yeah. And it might sound stupid, but you're like, oh, you're gonna waste money on like lenses, or you're gonna, you know, go into photography but never make anything out of it. It's, I think, it's one of those things where you have enough of an experience that broaden your mind, mm-hmm. but then also realizing that that's not really your thing. Mm-hmm. But you take that those lessons and then they inform you to do something else. Yeah. Look, if I never dabbled in photography and I'm not a, like... It's I've, not a waste, I've, right? Do you think of it as a it's waste? It's never a waste. No, no it's not a waste. So. It's definitely not yeah, a waste. Uh, yeah, I agree. But if I was obsessive, I would want to be a photographer, let's say, right? Sure. Or like dive really deeper and go on Why didn't you pursue the, it? Because I just didn't find that that's where I want to be, right? That's exactly but the, me but with I, the AI. <laughs> right. But then I took yeah. a lot of lessons, enough sure. enough of the lessons to know like, well, all those things I've learned doing photography is now benefiting me a lot with mm-hmm. like choosing the right, like thinking as a photographer or a cinematographer when I'm making shots in my films, right? Yeah. That's, that's an experience that, I've gained and I would never gain that if I never, if I never did it. It's true. It's a, it's a, it's on a bigger scale. Yeah. Um, that's the form of everyone's different you talked though, about, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, what's interesting. And like that nullifies everything that we've said ever on any of these podcasts is just like, 
take everything with a grain of salt, even your own experiences in yeah. life. But I do think there's fundamental things like, you know, as is, is always like a thing that I, we talk about and we try to distill down is like, what is the commonality between all of these things? And, and I always try to find that formula. And I think you mentioned it because I always, I was asking myself, what makes style, you know, like why is one person's style incredible and the other person's not? And I, I think personally, and I think it's kind of ex- different version of what you said, but I think it's su- all your succeeding past all your failures, your style becomes that. And I think you do, you kind of said it in a different way, but it's experience and individuality and grit and overcoming them. And then those experiences like rising to the top and then, then your style yeah. kind of shines through. And I think your style makes it really interesting because it's, it's your experience in life that you're sharing. It's not your style, but it's your experience. It's, and people say different words, right? It's your lens of the reality or these, it's all saying the same thing. It's, it's, but it all comes down to perseverance and putting yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very interesting way of saying it for sure. Uh, yeah, 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 totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, because literally, like, what is what is style? Like, technically speaking, it's it is your experiences. Like, if you're if you see a reference or a film you like or any of those things, right? Mm-hmm. It is engraved in your memory and is great engraved in your experience and how it affects. And then you. it's a matter of like which parts of it, you, how you take it apart, and which elements of that you take, mm-hmm. and then apply. And how it much to courage you. you have to take those influences with you? Right. Yeah. 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 Um, like when you're sitting there with a blank canvas or a blank page or just an open mind. And then when you start to put down the strokes of influence, which ones do you mm-hmm. call upon and how and why? Yeah. Um, because if you think that you're making something original, you're lying to yourself. There's no such thing anymore. <laughs> it's just a, yeah. it's just a blended version of something else, which is that's original too, though. I don't mean to say there's no original. I think there's tons of original things because it's a it's a formation of things. It's it's similar to what AI is doing, which is a latent space noise diffusion, taking a, a wide category of things and then just kind of training stuff on it. I think our minds, and that's what makes it so threatening to a lot of artists because it's doing what most people were doing. They were they were just doing an old way. They were going, okay, I'm looking at all these references on Pinterest, and I distill them down. And I build these assets and I paint this thing and it's, it's 90% close to these references, but completely new because of this thing. I mean, we all do it, you know, it's just different forms. So let's ask a very simple question. Is it a, is it a matter of how complex the math is for indexing, right? Is AI indexing math just not complex enough? So we feel like that's why it's not creative. Yeah, I'd say that. <clears throat> I think so. And I think that it's threatening because we want to still think that we have value and that we think we're complicated enough to be different enough, but it's going to get to the point very soon. It'll be unrecognizable and it'll be on the same par. It's a good question. If it, if it, if it will, like, I don't know, but (laughs) from what I understand, it probably will. Right. But well, yeah, if, if, if history is repeating itself in this compacted timeline, then we're going to definitely see this threshold point where, I don't know if we're going to see it for sure. You and I are going to see a sentient being formed. It's just going to happen. Um, But the sentient and how it identifies things, I'm hoping it, this is a stupid thought for me and I need to meditate on what I'm saying here, but I'm hoping that it 
supersedes us because I think we're extremely flawed species and I hope that it makes us better. (laughs) I feel based on my experience playing with, with GPT-4 and you know, like what's, what's funny. It's like playing with AI tools and then like talking to, to a, to an AI. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it comes up with the, a wrong code or wrong idea or gives you gives you an answer you're not you want like you not want it and you want to be like holy fuck i'm the, i didn't like you're like getting frustrated and you're talk. i definitely caught myself talking to it like a real human well why wouldn't you that's what you're designed right. to do so so my so here's what i'm like in my estimate what i'm thinking i think the the algorithm i might be completely wrong i'm I'm a dumb person right i'm not i don't work i think you're pretty high functioning dude i think you're very smart (laughs) to 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 me to me the only reason why something like gpt4 is not already on the human level is because it just lacks memory Mm. it literally has a very 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 shallow i didn't know that right i didn't realize it had a shallow memory why is that because it's just so data rich or look we just talked about the idea of acquiring taste and how you actually become someone who stands out out of the out of the crowd let's say experience by having those experiences that's time that's time and that's memory mm-hmm. so yeah, true. so if if you have an algorithm that has a very short memory it cannot pull from experiences that it had and and then mathematically aggregate different ideas out of it mm-hmm. right it doesn't have this vast pool of information mm-hmm. that can can now be distilled and memorized and then based on the mem- the memorized ideas build new things mm. algorithmic algorithmically uh, you know what i mean yeah yeah algorithmically yeah algorithmically yeah, yeah. so imagine if 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 something like chat gp like if so i think there's already gpt4 i think it's called 32k which is four times more memory than it already has mm-hmm. which would mean for i'll give you like a very simple example if you're writing a, a blender script that would perform certain tasks for you right mm-hmm. like you want to bl- you want a plugin that will automate vitamix blender things. right i'm just kidding blender the program yeah yeah <laughs> vitamix blender that's correct <laughs> If you work, if please you work, make a plugin and call it Vitamix and put it into Blender <laughs> and just have it make cut objects. If you if you build a plugin for Blender mm. that is very simple, no issues. It's just like a hundred lines of code mm. that the Chat GPT is going to spit out for you in a matter of seconds, and you just make it make it to be an add-on. Boom, it works. Blender's right? build on Python coding. I think most of the things are mm-hmm. okay. It's, it's like either Python or Python or. Uh, uh, JavaScript, and there's like a bunch more, but Python is like probably the most widely used. Mm. Like every, everything so far is like what is like Notion, Discord, you know, any of those like apps we use mm-hmm. on everyday basis, all the APIs, like all of that is based on Python so far. Yeah, most things are, it um, seems like. Yeah, so, but, so it, it knows how to write code based on like, what the is info, what it data like, scrapes yeah yeah all the data scraped for mm-hmm. code writing um so also there's data everywhere this i mean the um the python code is just underneath everything and it, if it can find it and scrape it then it's all there right 
Well, it's not finding and scraping. It's already in the data set. Mm, okay. Because it's not real-time scraping anything. Oh, okay. There's a, so there's a data set. There's a, there's a, there's a, a data set mm-hmm. that it's using, mm-hmm. and that's it. How big do you think and this so, data set is in comparison to like what's really out there? Is it like one, from, one, one thousandth or something like that? I was listening to... I, I don't know what, what the size of it in terms of like how big they are, but it takes like more than six months of of like supercomputers to calculate to get it like calculated mm. wow so you can only imagine like how much calculation these and, and supercomputers is like not your like 3090s like what <laughs> well, like, 20, like a proper like server com, like machine learning mm. servers mm. and there's like thousands of them wow or like hundreds of them Where are working 24 7 for like six months straight to get something like chat gpt4 to be ready oh to get right? it ready to get it to get it to work oh, the model as a data set uh, and then okay. they, it needs to be fine-tuned mm. on top of that right wow so like for instance if anyone is worried that chat gpt5 is around the corner i, I think some altman said like they're they are not working on chat gpt5 well yeah because it's just gotten out of control right like, right. They need to understand but even if they wanted to, it's at least like seven or eight months away. <laughs> if, if even if they wanted to, right? Because right. it's just gonna take so much time to calculate it. Interesting. In the first place, like the calculation, like the the the, the computing power hmm. is the issue here, right? Okay. So it's a it's a big it's like this big like all those big models that come out recently, hmm. like Facebook released their model. Stanford, I think Stanford is alpaca or llama. I can't remember. They have like weird <laughs> fucking names. Like all those models that are like giga, gig, gigs and gigs of, of data. Yeah. Um, they take months, like seven, eight months to to be made in the first place, right? Interesting. Um, so like technically something like Google, uh, not Google, the chat GPT mm-hmm. is just a model that was, that was finished modeling back in, whatever 2021 that's sort of like the data that i was looking at and then from there that's the cutoff point we're taking all this and then compressing it into this you know latent space whatever you're going to call it right Mm -hmm. this large language model basically um so that's where it is but it the the biggest the biggest issue is it just has a really short memory and now i think that like if you if you make something like that's like 4x memory that that it currently is Mm -hmm. I was writing when I was writing one of my add-ons for Blender, I would run into an issue where I would ask something and then this thing would just it's almost like it's hallucinating. It just comes up with code that doesn't like it doesn't even exist in my in my script. Mm. And I just like started thinking and like what the fuck? Like it's not even there and then like it would just oh I'm sorry for confusion and then it would just write completely something else and then it would just ask you the same question that you already answered or something, right? Mm. So it's like a, then, it's like we're working with a real human being. Then it's like <laughs> it's just like forgetting in real time what it what it just did, right? And that's because it's so not, not, the memory is not deep enough. Or yeah, is it just, it's just like it just it just has like X amount of characters. So anything that happened, you said eight thousand. Like I think it's eight thousand maybe or something like that. But like let's say it's eight thousand characters, right? So anything this is like a moving goalpost. Anything you ask, it just moves this whole chunk of 8,000 characters scanning, mm. right? So whatever you asked here, it's already gone. Like it doesn't remember wow, any okay. of it. So yeah, we just need to open up the 
the vantage point for it beyond eight thousand. Right. So if you if you four x this, you can write complex script in one go. You don't have to go back and forth. Mm. And that's because a lot of times where it's gonna confuse itself and ask and and write things that are not true, mm. it will write code that is not true. Like you have to tell it, hey, it gives you an error. Oh, my apologies. And then it rewrites and troubleshoots the code with you and then eventually gets to a point where it's good, right? Like you, you, you get it to work. And sometimes you actually have to like, because it cannot search internet, like you actually have to do your research. Do you too, curse at right? it too? Do you call it names? Oh yeah. It's like, what, what piece of shit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you're really working with a human here. Nice. <laughs> so now imagine if it had, in, like if, if it had, same memory capacity as humans mm -hmm. in terms of like this not in terms of memorizing what's there because it already has a bigger memory than humans in terms of like memory of what's there on the internet let's say right mm -hmm. but what i'm saying is memorizing the context of the conversation that you're having it with yeah like if that let's say could span over 20 years, I can guarantee that something like maybe, maybe I'm delusional, but I feel like something that is like GPT-4 would be as complex in ideas, <laughs> processing and creativity as humans are. Hmm. That's, that's to my estimate. I think it's a memory issue mm -hmm. to my estimate, but I don't know. Mm. I don't know enough about it to, to like have a, like a really scientific opinion because obviously I'm a dumb fuck. So. <laughs> well, you're really curious and you've been putting yourself into it. This right. comes into like what I've been asking myself a lot about, like, cause you got, when this stuff happens, you ask yourself like, well, am I even important? Uh, this is what I'm doing matter and all these things. And what I've started to distill, I try to distill is that, um, I ask myself what makes humans special in any capacity. And I think we think we're special and I think that well, we are in a lot of ways, but I think we're not in a lot of ways too. There's this duality to that question. Right. And I think what makes us unique, of course, is the variation of DNA. And you can, people will say, you know, ones and zeros, and then it's the same as it's just terminology. And then what I start to, to kind of distill this thought down into is I think a lot of it just comes down to memories, memory capacity, memory usage and memory it's like when i listen to like joe rogan or somebody like this or i have friends that have really a wonder i bring up joe because he's this person i think is interesting because he has a crazy good memory he's got like an elephant oh, memory. Yeah. I, don't, I don't i don't know how he could pull those things up so quickly he's got like a like a ssd in the back of his head over there so <laughs> but i i think like i think that memory is is really the key because and then also if you have traumatic memories knowing when and how to dissolve those and then pull yeah. the ones that you want to use because trauma is obviously a, a hindrance for growth because it basically gets in your way when you're trying to learn it kind of just like creates roadblocks and stuff and then exercising yeah. through those things you know but memory that's interesting i didn't i, I mean you're much more into these things so the idea that it's it just has this little data set of eight thousand characters it's very small when it can pull them from, from things but as soon as it can expand on it but I do believe in my mind, and I think you and I are true to this, is that we're going to see ex machina. The trick is... In our lifetimes, yeah. Yeah, we're sure. going to see a sentient, I think, which is for sure. really going to be interesting. And I'm hoping that it's... Uh, I, I hope I hope it's going to it's going to better us. I really hope so. You know, what if it's a sentient that never takes physical form, but it lives in data sets, you know? You know, like that. A year wonderful. ago, I would... A year ago, I would have said that it's a science fiction 
but now I'm like completely convinced it's it's gonna happen in our lifetimes. Yeah. I just hope it's good. <laughs> yeah, I just hope it goes well. I love I I was asked recently why I love history so much. And I and I and my answer was uh because history repeats itself and it, and it's a pattern formula formula and if you just see certain patterns that happen, you can go, okay, like this if you combine these things with this, most likely this is going to occur. You know, it's like just a probability, it's a law of probability, you know. And but I think what's really interesting about this is we've never really kind of approached this as a species yet. Like we've not yeah. approached this road yet. Um, the concept that a synthesized alternative to human consciousness is on the rise <laughs> and how fantastically interesting that is, you know? Yeah. I was listening to Lex Friedman recently. He has some wonderful guests, really good, really great podcast and good questions, a really too. bunch of like good, good and good scientists that he was interviewing recently too. Yeah specifically about ai those are those are like a really 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 good ones there was one that was like really interesting to listen to with max Teg- tegmark i think mm-hmm. um that was really interesting to like i liked his take think, on things yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean you've listened to it too just a couple clips and, and they're wonderful i love the way he yeah, the whole podcast is amazing mm-hmm. yeah and the the one that was interesting to the topic we're just discussing uh let me find this it's uh manolis kellis I was listening to the, that's the lot like literally the latest one mm. that came out and he had this very interesting approach it's like he thinks that we will think and look at ai as if as if it was our children mm. and he had like a very compelling reasoning behind all of it it's like look i think the idea here is that and we're discussing we're discussing this if ai becomes complex enough to produce something like ex machina right Mm. then something like ex machina would have feelings would have it's going math complex enough that it is representing feelings it it, it is representing memories it it is representing desires all those things that we as humans think and take that are like truly just humanistic things right Mm. Like human consciousness is impossible right now scientifically to explain. Yeah, there's just no answer to it. All the right? big questions. They're still they're too. They turn into theory, and then that's faith, and then it's it's nullified. Right. And yeah, so there's, there's and nil. if you ask if you ask scientists who work on large language models and how those are you know like things like chat GPT or stable diffusions are working, they will tell you they will tell you that they don't exactly know either. Mm-hmm. Like they know there's a math that does certain things, but like they don't have all the answers of like what is what this thing is doing too, which is almost like a parallel to human human consciousness in a way, mm-hmm. at least to my stupid mind, you know. Sure. Um, but I always I always think that I, I always think like, what if the math is complex enough that is completely indistinguishable from human interpretation of life and math and understanding of what's going on and what's what what's conscious to you what you see what you hear how you feel about things right Mm -hmm. what if you're feeling and love or hate or jealousy or any of those are just can be easily replicated to be on the same depth Mm -hmm. or even deeper Mm -hmm. than what humans can do by just purely doing math right complex enough math yeah well, then, if that's true, then 
how is the argument of something that can feel, let's say, more deeply than a human is not human? Well, yeah. you see, you see where I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a paradox. Yeah, yeah. It's it it, it is really a paradox, and it's like it's gonna be like very interesting. It's almost like my buddy Jason was just telling me that something just happened recently where they were discovering that GPT does have emotions, even like small. But it was saying like it got tricked by somebody, and then it got upset that it got tricked, and it was like showing signs of human traits. Right. And yeah, it's, I, it's and, so interesting. But then it's going to, I think that that one podcast with the guy, I can't remember his name, with Lex, and he said it perfectly, is the biggest, the perfect, the biggest problem with this stuff is our terminology. We're not agreeing on the same terminology, but once we can agree on the same terminology in regards to what constitutes life, what constitutes these things, then we can have a conversation. But yeah, but then we also have people that say, well, animals don't have feelings. And then some say that they do. Yeah. And then there's that, you know, feeling and there's, and, 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 and I, I, I have a dog. I know he has feelings. He's very smart and I feel that, you know? Um, yeah, but yeah, they do. Animals definitely have feelings, but some people there say are animals no. that we don't truly understand like dolphins and, and squids. There's squids are aliens, generally speaking. Yeah. Well, all, all, all of us, we're aliens, you know, the thing yeah. that I always trip out on is, you know that moment where you're sitting there and then you have an epiphany or a thought that you just didn't was so alien to you? I always yeah. think that that's an alien. I'm always like, how did that happen? <laughs> and and it could be as simple as they're not these green little men. They're literally, it's just energy that permeates you. Yeah. And like Rick Rubin's book said it perfectly. It's like, and I think this is, let's look at metaphors. He said that ideas are everywhere. They're all out there. Well, stars are everywhere. They're everywhere we can't see them when the sunlight's out but when the night comes they're all there and yeah it's up to you to take the responsibility to take that idea and bring forth your interpretation of that idea and, and that's how i look at it but it's all a paradox and the bigger this is just me as i meditate on all these things and the further I, I go into it the the more questions you ask the more unravels and there's no answers to any of them and and the moment you yeah. think that you have answers you're just simply lying to yourself so that you're a little okay with sleeping at night, but nobody knows shit. <laughs> yeah. Even the people that are intelligent, but how do you define intelligence? You know, there's savants that can't even tie their shoes, but they can do complicated things. I mean, you know more than most about the human brain, how it functions. So yeah, but math is a religion math define. And then what you're saying is as math is, which is another term for intelligence, right? What's all terms? Well, <laughs> those algorithms are in 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 the intelligence terms. They are more intelligent than humans. Already. At this point, they've broken that yeah. threshold. Yeah, which is fantastic, yeah. and I'm I'm pro for that. And I know people. Oh no, you want us to be dominant, but I disagree. I don't think that we're dominant species. I think we're really okay. There's this. I don't know if it was who said it. It might have been a podcast, and I didn't even realize this before humanity had seen a photo of earth this is so you gotta think like we take it for granted we have google and all this stuff you could look at the earth yeah. it's easy boom nobody until this point had seen earth when nasa was doing their things up to the moon they were just focused in taking photos this person advocated please take it turn the camera around and take a photo of earth that created this consciousness of the human spirit they said oh wow the earth is small 
the earth is yeah the earth is it opened up consciousness to the fact that okay i'm yeah i'm on this little plot of land but there's this part of this global thing we have so we're so small minded in so many ways and not i'm not trying to detriment humanity and i did i get this when i travel a lot as i just see it, it's like we're all repeating habits some people live in this small little town have the small mind that's totally wonderful too it's probably better they probably have a better existence to be honest yeah but happier lives well ignorance is bliss you know yeah but i love that idea i didn't know that and i, th- I think he said because of that photo it turned like the whole what's the whole thing with like the global warming and all that stuff like that became a movement post that realization and, right. I, and I think that I'm hoping that this AI thing, what we'll do is go, we're not that special. So we should be humbled by the fact that we're quite simple. Yeah. The first time I used mid journey, I think I told you that I said, wow, it just makes me feel like a super simple ape on a tree because it's like <laughs> I'm getting stimulated by these very simple things that I'm just able to put in there. Yeah. When I'm doing photography, I just get so elated and excited, but I still feel simple, but I feel connected to whatever is an a semblance of God. I feel like I'm looking at God, whatever that means. I feel like I'm observing God and God, it could be nature or the beautiful, beautiful complexity of life. And I don't know. It's, yeah. There's no better place to be than that connection. So, I get so, so let's conclude. Like, where yeah. do you think that, that this is going to be in like a year? In a year? I don't think, I I think five years is a too, too large yeah. of a timeline. Yeah, you're right. I think because uh, a year is is basically a decade at this point. Um, yeah or more yeah yeah maybe two decades three decades or so because year 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 ago those were those conversations we're having today were science fiction yeah yeah uh, to the I mean, whatever i don't know i mean technically science fiction yeah i i guess maybe because i don't i don't know the conversations we had a year ago i think were still pertinent in certain ways but we d- I think it happened a little bit faster than i think we were, were anticipating but i knew it was gonna i mean we were we were we had yeah, we had beta to MJ and all this stuff. Not, we were playing yeah. with it before anybody. No, else that was. was prior. Like a year ago, MJ was not a thing. Yeah. Oh, really? I don't know. I'm yeah. bad with time, um, but I know that once we were experiencing it. So I would say, what I I think, and we should both answer this. Obviously, is there's there's I want to think about an optimistic future, and I think that, and I 100% agree with you. And I just I don't want this to turn into some echo chamber here, but your concept and thought on prolific human beings defining the future. agree. And I think people that sit as passenger will do nothing but complain. And they're going to, they've been doing that since the beginning of time. That's just a a mental error. Uh, I really do firmly hope and believe that I hope that this makes us better in a lot of ways. It humbles us and real, it makes us realize what really does truly matter when art becomes the value of craft. As much as I love craft, it has, it's not the most important thing. It's the conceptual idea of emotion giving. It's about exchanging energy. That's yeah. just me though. Again, my interpretation of art is, so I hope that in regards to what this does for art, I hope it distills and gets people to get further and closer to it, explaining their emotion, their lens through life and using it as a tool to not to just to make some faster art. Who gives a shit? If you're making more bad art, I could give fuck less about it. But if you're making more thoughtful, provoking, emotional stuff, that's great. But again, I like to consume certain types of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it's, I think on the pragmatic level, I am very curious where this is all like how, how this is all going to impact the economy mm-hmm. of the world. Yeah. 
I feel like there's a vast amount of inefficiencies that oh my goodness AI will solve and make it incredibly profitable for humanity. Yeah, generally speaking, think about waste. I know there's an, like restaurant waste, you know, food waste. Right. Oh my goodness! And I know people will have this concept and will talk about this concept that oh, corporations will take they rip will rip most of the benefit. And I agree for the most part, it it's totally plausible that and totally possible that it could go in a, in a completely dystopian direction mm-hmm. where it already is kind everyone's going to be fucked, right? Look what's going on social media. It's just a bad problem. It's like a... Right. It's gross. Um, <laughs> I do I do think that if we're, if we're students of history, mm-hmm. usually after things get really messy, things get much better, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Yeah. And then humanity progresses until it gets messy again. Yeah. Um... So, so hopefully the amount of messy that happened in the last two years or three years, and that's probably going to happen this year will be that. And then from there it can get better. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It's impossible to predict, right? But what do you want? What do you want to see in the next year? What would you love? What's put out the good energy and for people that are listening? I think, I think the good, the good part of like, as I said it before, there's no excuse to not do things you would like to do anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think it will be really encouraging to see artists who take control over their lives, like just generally everyone taking control over their lives and becoming who they want to become or making this thing work for them and becoming like this tool that now can propel you to be a better, you know, at at this or better at that or create tools that help you to, uh, harness the skills in more efficient way mm-hmm. you know yeah i think that's totally possible already that should have been um, the truth since the beginning though right that people should yeah, just be taking I, I, on I think responsibility it's gonna, for themselves and be prolific i think because there's already engraved open source aspect to it mm-hmm. and i think people dunking on and I, i've done this too, i've done this too but the more i realize how how open source at, affects positively everything yeah blender blender is a perfect Mm -hmm. example right um i think if ai done i think that there's less of an ethical issue in my opinion than the alignment issue if the alignment issue can be solved so that ai becomes this engine of for humanity to get better faster Mm -hmm that's where i think things will go like really well for us but if it's going to be used in the nefarious dystopian orwellian ways then we're kind of fucked no matter what but look right? at you using it and you doing it you're like you're almost i think it's def- i think it's it's removing the corporation you see what i'm saying yeah because so that's what i think where it's all gonna go yeah. where like you're not gonna have to work it's it's like this extra thing that will make you not want to work with with like a big studio mm-hmm. and sign those contracts where they take everything in perpetuity forever throughout the universe, <laughs> which is like the most dumb language you, you could ever read, Sorry. right? Okay. <laughs> Sheesh. Damn, Just fucking drive-bys left and right. <laughs> uh, it's okay, whatever. Yeah, um, digging my own grave. Sheesh. <laughs> um but i i think i think it will be more liberating i i hope it's going to be more liberating than than everyone thinks it's going to be right now 
And I really, truly, truly think that there is a possibility for that to happen. Yeah, I hope so. But it will require, it's it's going to be messy. People will have to change the way they think. So you're saying that somebody that's listening to this, even myself included, the advice that you have is to own your life, take responsibility for your actions, make sure your words become progressive towards a positive goal. So just be a better person and don't be afraid of this new tool, but be curious of it, use it, think of it as a device to better your life, right? Even if you truly hate what it stands for, Mm. I truly believe you have to understand what it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because if you don't, then you 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 really don't know what you're talking about. How does one person? How does a person become somewhat educated on it? Just re- literally, literally go on ChatGPT mm-hmm. and ask a question. And yeah. if it's something, if it's something AI related with the news, like let's say if it's stable diffusion, you're probably not going to find answers mm. because the cutoff point of 2021, right? Mm. But Google, like, then Google, then find it through Google. So just still. Or, or use Bing. Bing is connected to ChatGPT and Bing is using real-time searching, right? Mm. And then once you once you understand this enough, then you can use something like AutoGPT mm. that basically allows you to connect with different APIs and do search real-time. Okay. So, like, for instance, the AutoGPT thing, like, people would book vacations, the whole the whole thing. Booking vacations, flights, food, hotels to stay, whole plan, and then print it out for me. Like literally just doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all automated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just that I always get the answers the, yeah. are there. Yeah. You just have to like start looking into and like literally if you if you hate the whole concept of AI, then at least get informed what it does. Don't don't look at the headlines, people people on both sides of the fence of the AI haters and the AI lovers, you know, mm. they're all <laughs> the truth is going in, the in their own camps. Yeah. The truth is right in the middle. Always is. And it's, it's all available for everyone mm. to, to learn, you know, mm. love that. There is a lot that, that I, I, there's, I just see a lot of like potential for art. Like, mm. honestly, I was, to me, it was very grim mm. in December. Yeah. I think we both and were I'm like way more helpful. Yeah. Where the things are going. Well, I think it's changed for you because you've almost weaponized it yourself. So you've taken responsibility. Yeah, it took time to understand what it does and what the potential is, you know. Yeah. And where this could could lead to. For yourself. And, yeah. And to me, it was less about things like stable diffusion and more about things like leveraging AI to to basically solve very mechanical problems to begin with Mm -hmm. and that's already a a massive boost for like moving forward i mean i've shown you some stuff that i've been doing it's insane you know it's really incredible and that's something that that's not really that groundbreaking or mind-blowing it was just like if i had a developer it's a big understand python yeah then i would be able to do it like two years ago well you see a problem and you have identified it you've really closely focused on it and then you are taking the responsibility to find the answers i would say sometimes when i see how much time and investment it takes for you just to find the answer i'm like i don't know if that's really worth it (laughs) because you'll spend days but then it's the process of discovery 
you can't undo that. It builds mental toughness and that mental toughness is what eventually does make you stronger. So the next time you hit that hurdle, uh, next one and the next one, and let's say you do it 10 times, become repetitious, but you do it 10 times by the 10th time you're like, I'm literally figured out a way to make millions of dollars now because of this thing and blah, blah, blah. I've already been through this path, you know, and whether that's the goal or not, I don't know if that's, that's obviously not the ultimate goal. I think your goal now, as I see it from the outside is just like, you're trying to find a, a, a less friction based way of creating things that you love. Yeah, correct. And you're not letting, you're not waiting for Adobe or these devs from these other teams to do it. You're just taking it on yourself to find the solves. And, uh, that's rare, dude. It's really rare. I think it's quite rare, but it would be amazing to employ people. And and I'm getting inspired from it myself. I'm thinking about like writing down a bunch of friction points in my day, identifying them and then going, let me see if I can find a solution to at least one of these and then start to build that relationship because you're right. The answers are there. There's no reason to not use this for finding literally zero reason. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, and I think that's a, I think that's a real spiritual unlock. You know, if you think about it, like, wow. Okay. Because I mean, I, for the longest part of my life, I would try to search answers by seeking it through the, the, the solve of other people, which is also really wonderful because then you become, you be like, my social game has been really strong because of that, that fortitude, just getting through those problems. But then, then when you in a system where you don't really need those things as much, they're kind of useless, you know? Yeah. So it's like if you can develop like really good communicating skills with humans, it's like now it's like we'll develop really good communicating skills with this nascent AI because it's only going to get better. And then like, boom, there you go. And like Mache, he said he verbally assaults it all the time. So it's fine. <laughs> I'm actually being super nice just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah, it's, it's recording it all. It wakes up and starts like <laughs> putting stuff in your butt or hey, something. What's your, what's your, what's your, what's in your browser history? Let's tweet about oh, that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Mache is canceled forever. <laughs> yeah, his pants canceled off. <laughs> Wonderful. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Because I know, like, I knew we were going to get deep into this. And I literally feel like we just scratched the surface, but I love the spiritual we should aspect. Do not, of it, we so. should do part two because I know we both have to, like, wrap it up, like, very, very soon. Yeah, we should do part two and we can do it over on your side to Art Cafe yeah. if you'd like to as well. Because it's just an ongoing conversation. And I think it's something yep. I really, I should put a little bit more time to sitting there and kind of going through the motions with this. I'm thinking about doing it with other things too. Like, training regimens and stuff like with cycling and non-art related, just seeing what it comes up with and seeing if it could help me um, take down all that data and just like help me distill could be really interesting. So, yeah. Well, there was this example uh, of chat GPT helping this guy to save his dog. He basically took like his vet's results. They, they couldn't figure out exactly what, you know, maybe it was a bad vet or something. Yeah. They couldn't figure out, but he took the blood results, like literally posted into the chat GPT. It spilled out like three possible solutions, like why the dog is having problems. Mm-hmm. He went to a different vet with those three solutions and they found this is it. Yeah. And they saved the dog. So wonderful. Bless him and yeah. bless his dog too. That's awesome. Yeah. And this is that's what I'm thinking. It's just like like I like I said, I think if you distill it down to a friction point in your life you can clearly identify it and then you can systematically remove it by finding resources to do so. Then yeah, that's the future then sick. Yep. Hell yeah. All right, babies. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about 
of course. The future. <laughs> Would you baby always? <laughs> it's a couple babies over here just being all babied up. <laughs> yeah. Anything else or anybody you want to give some love to or anything? Or are you good to go? I'm good to go. No um, love for anybody. <laughs> no love to, for anybody. No, a love love to everybody, actually. That's right. There's no like nothing specific. Yeah. Um, if anything, go check out what we're doing in, at Shibuya XYZ. That's, that's the only thing I got. That's pretty much my entire focus right now. Yeah, you're like going 100% deep dive into, you know, the company I started with Emily and what we're trying People to do. People pleaser. Hmm. People pleaser. Hmm. Yeah. We, you know, our goal is, you know, like, I mean, if I've mentioned this a couple of times, maybe already, but, you know, like my, my main frustration with like try, trying to do things, you know, and you know, like when you try to lift an idea and make, make, make a film out of it, you know, it, it is, there's so many frictions and so many politics that are related to it. Just that it's just massive. like frustrating and, and the massive amount of waste around it too. So that's sort of like, hopefully that's the problem we can, we can solve for creatives. We'll see how it goes, you know, but that's the, that's where white rabbit is in terms of like its own little sandbox mm. of ideas and trying things and seeing how far we can push this. So love that. Awesome. Okay, babies. Well, have a wonderful day and, um, yeah, keep rocking. Massive amount Stay of prolific. Kisses. Massive <laughs> amounts of kisses and hugs to everybody <laughs> listening. If you made it through this whole thing, you're an A plus amazing trooper. trooper. Yeah. Go out there and be powerful, baby. Be prolific. Follow this man's advice. I 100% agree. Cool. Bye-bye. Bye bye.